Hello, everybody. Look at my dick. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> don't look at Eric di- Eric's dick, okay? Please, don't. Just don't you do it. You might as well just restart now. It's a uh, it's bad mojo. Um, so as you as you know, this is now the uh, Spider Duck podcast here. Um, we're going we're going super topical on you today. We're going to talk about the best sequels in video gaming. Um, and joining me here today to talk about said sequels are, um, well, as you already know, Eric Lee Lewis. Oh, sorry, Eric Lee Lewis. Brought to you by Jimmy's Gamer. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna Someone. not respond to that. Um, we have another indie luchador, uh, Travis Belke. Hello, excited to be here as always. Say it right. It puts the lotion on its skin. Or else it gets the hose again. I'd rather not. We have Papa Midnight himself, Jovan Street Lawrence. Ole. Hey, ole. <laughs> we have the juniorist of beards, Mike Hewitt. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you heard me. Somebody's got to be cordial here. <laughs> and and, and I, don't, I don't even care who this other guy is. He's just some guy. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a, it's a, oh, yeah. It's it's a Timothy Rhinoceros Smith. Hey, that's for last. Thank you. Thank you. I'm OG, by the way. I mean, I can't, did you guys know I came up with Spider Duck? Mm, no, tell that's us fine. the story about it. Because that's Trevor, it. Trevor said he came up with it, and he was yep. the one and only, and that everybody else was fucking... <laughs> did you say that, Trevor? <laughs> I did not, actually. Trevor, did you say that? <laughs> also, Eric's desperate to know why they call you Rhinoceros. Uh, my middle name's Ryan, and Trevor thinks it's funny to make a dinosaur pun out of it. Oh, I thought we were but going a, with something else there. But a rhinoceros isn't a dinosaur, <laughs> so are you sure it's not about your penis? Shit. <laughs> it's definitely that's, not about his penis. I didn't just realize it's not a dinosaur either. That was a that was a slip of the tongue. What does it taste like? <laughs> anyway, your genitals. first awkward silence of the night. Your, your genitals. Many. I brought you oh, the luchador section of the <laughs> Spider Dog now. Like that's you? not just is that what you're talking about. It's, oh, are you reading my? Uh, now is that just coincidence? Were you not reading my 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 draft? What? I'm not looking at your giraffe. <laughs> I was talking about. Never mind. Never mind. It's just funny that I mentioned my gooch. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you mentioned your gooch. And you just happened to bring up the taste of my genitals, and it's just. Anyway, about. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I guess I would be bringing up your gooch if at some point in time you were just like, hey, Eric, how's my ass taste? I, oh. I can't see a scenario where I would be. where that would might come up. I don't know. It just has to come on. Let's just. Apparently, that's you haven't part of the Spider Duck Network very long. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I don't know. It's a very interesting introduction. Mm. I left before the, the ad. Oh, shit. My mic cut out. It's probably for the best. Let's talk about tasting buttholes. But. <laughs> no, no, no. Have you ever, uh, you ever tossed salad before? I have not, no. Okay. Oh, we're talking about game sequels. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, anyway. we'll talk about the sequel to Tossing Salad. <laughs> We're talking about the sequel to the guy game. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there we go. Oh, God. I forgot that was a game. Jesus. Yeah. It, it got taken off all the markets because apparently it had like a 17 or 16-year-old girl on it. Yeah. yeah. Called, 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 called Kotaku. 
taken down by the same thing as Girls Gone Wild. So who wants to uh, wild, wild start girls. with the uh, sequel? Discussion? Well, we should probably talk about what the uh... introduce it. Oh, uh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Well, Tim Smith, this was your idea, so why don't you? Uh... Yeah, Tim. Okay. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> this is your idea that you came up with, Tim. Okay. Anyway, well, I don't want to start because I know when I start talking about it, I'm not going to stop, and I don't. I want to give everybody a chance. It's okay, so, Tim. But I will introduce. Came it. up with it. I did. I it was all came me. Up with this this idea my... a long time ago and got shot down. As... better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were, we're changing it up a little bit. You know, instead of doing topical podcasts week after week, we're going to kind of break it up every other week with something off topic, something we just want to talk about. In this case, uh, the first week we're doing, did you say butt, buttholes again? No, I said fuck topics. <laughs> oh, Why are you on buttholes? I don't know. It's like the theme, God, but, um, fuck. That's next week's podcast. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Limp Biscuits album called Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Chocolate Starfish. Yeah, this time I'm gonna do it. It's so hard to stay on topic. <laughs> no, it's okay. There is no topic. Oh, that's right. I, there is I, a topic though. We anyway, anyway. Yes, sequels are what we're talking about. Favorite sequel. Not necessarily like the best sequel in your mind, you know, in terms of legacy and that kind of thing, but just your favorite sequels. Uh, that's how I was coming, kind of coming at it. And I would like to not start, like I said, because it is my idea. And I feel like I have that privilege. So if anybody else would like to go first. Super Mario 2. Nice. Next. <laughs> <laughs> really? Super I'll Mario Short podcast. <laughs> that's the way we go. I love Super Mario 2. I don't know. I, I thought it was better than Super Mario 1. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's not really a sequel because it was originally Doki Doki Panic. And it turns out that Doki Doki Panic was actually just a uh, prototype for Super Mario Brothers 2. Somebody's been watching the Did You Know Gaming. Uh Actually, I've known that for a while. Did Did You Know Gaming finally cover that shit? Because I've yeah, been waiting yeah. for them to do that. Nice. I knew it was a remake. I mean, uh, like a rebranding, I guess, of that game. But I didn't realize it was a prototype. Yeah, reskin. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I read something about it like a year and a half ago, and I want to say it was like Unseen sixty four or something like that. That, that yeah. or yeah, Unseen sixty four, not that Mega sixty four. I think. So is that your legit answer, Super Mario Brothers? Uh, oh, that is one of my legit answers. Definitely, okay. I love Super Mario Brothers too, and I think that a lot of people shit on it for unreasonable. Uh, reasons that was a fun game it was just very different well maybe not very different but it was kind of it was eh, maybe very different actually it was so horribly overshadowed yeah yeah it's it's weird to say it doesn't feel like a mario game since it was the second mario game but i think that's a lot of the the issue with it and then everyone it's kind of like the zelda 2 of the mario series right yeah and then everyone (laughs) saw the wizard and like super mario brothers 3 just blew up from there yeah yeah, because the wizard is probably the greatest Dude, movie. Power glove, come on! It's, it's so <laughs> the bad. The wizard is so bad. <laughs> what was that game where you played as the power glove or whatever, and you threw a ball? It was called it like handball. Or something? Sounds awful. <laughs> I know there was a '64 game that was a bad glove. Glover. I hope yeah, it was called awesome. handball. Isaiah Johnson would know about it. Isaiah Johnson. Why does that? Who is that? Uh, he's he's the founder of a fighting game group called Empire Arcadia. Yeah, they and like try. He calls himself Triforce. Like he's a huge Nintendo fan. He was the first person in the world to have to own a Wii, a DS, a 3DS, and a Wii U. And like at the Wii U launch in Times Square, like Reggie, like 
in person showed up just so that just for him he uh, picked up his weenie for the first time did he ask him why I don't know. <laughs> did, did did he hug him and kill him? <laughs> like and like he owns his own power glove too. Like he actually brought it to the Wii U launch and he shook Reggie's hand with it. <laughs> now it has extra power. <clears throat> that it has all the <clears throat> Nintendo power in the world. Like he's he's uh, I don't know if he's Jamaican or not. He's from the Caribbean somewhere. He's got like that thick Caribbean accent. Mm, yeah, his name's Rihanna, right? <laughs> I, I feel like... He doesn't have battle scars, Eric. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> nice. I don't know if those are really called battle scars. I was going to say, is Chris just, Brown beating you called battle scars? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I wasn't even going to put it in those kinds of terms. I was just going to say, I didn't realize that battle scars were called falling in love with... <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> Twice. The second... No... Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Eh. Never mind. Fool she'll, me a third she'll be time. dead this time. He'll kill her this time, at least, I guess. Fool <laughs> me three times, I'm dead. <laughs> so, Jonathan Blow versus Reggie Fizeme. End of the world happens. That is exactly how it happens, right? Yes. That is, that is the sequel to How the World Ended, part two. <laughs> the world ends with you, part two. There you go. The sequel. The sequel. You guys are great about talking about sequels. Yeah, we're by still the way. talking about sequels. So I'm the only. <laughs> we're still person. on. We're still on your game. That's yeah, the that's problem. why I was. I'm the only person that brought one up because there was like five seconds of silence there. There's no silence. He's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And you just yell. Well, how about how about we go in turn? So so Eric, <laughs> do you have anything more to say about your particular choice, or does anybody have anything to say about Mario too? I mean, you could say something else as well. It's not like we're anybody's cutting anybody off. Oh, I'm gonna say multiple things throughout. I don't, okay, I so. don't think it's better than Mario Three still. I like I, it better than Mario Three. I really do. I, I, I think it's fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Surgeon Simulator 2014. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm also going to go with Surgeon Simulator 2014. It is going to be really good. Uh, you know, probably uh, the best game to come out since Surgeon Simulator 2013. Yeah, that's. It, it'll, that's it'll have good art. They'll have great art. Uh, <laughs> Indie Static will write an article about it that will be completely unfactual in every single way and or doing no research and then posting it. Yep. You're welcome. I finally brought it back after a long time. <laughs> just because I just, you know, those fuckholes. That, that is all. <laughs> just because of those fuckholes. That's it. <laughs> That's a- uh, other than that, like, there's, there's some else, other awesome sequels like Arkham City compared to Arkham Asylum. like, What's your favorite? Arkham- I think that's a topic. <clears throat> See, the yeah, problem is... When it, like a top when it, three even is what I was going for. Well, a top ten, actually, but... I'm not going to talk about the whole top ten. But yeah, if you had to like narrow it down to three... If I had to go with three, I would probably go with... Okay, so as for an interesting one, it would be Super Mario 2. For... A very serious one i would go with batman arkham city and for one that would make a lot of sense that a lot of people probably aren't thinking of sequels in this way and it's not particularly a game i like but two worlds too it took a really 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 shitty game 
and turned it into a game that realized the first one was shitty and kind of had fun with that idea of the first one being really shitty. The one yes. that said he liked the original Two Worlds, but then he yep. ate Two Worlds too. Jimmy's Game Room dot whatever really? com. Yeah, Jimmy said J- Jimmy didn't like Two Worlds too, but he loved the original. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Sometimes that before. Wrong. So. I mean, <laughs> Galactic Gaming was a little. <laughs> no, I'm with you on Two Worlds too. Actually, that game, and like the, you said, the way it po- kind of poked fun at the fact that the first game was terrible, and then the second game, it wasn't perfect, but it was you know it was rough around the edges, but it was a solid role playing game. It was kind of came out right in that window, I think, wasn't it? A little bit before Skyrim came out, so. I mean, a lot of people played it because it was kind of holding them over until. Actually, wasn't it like late 2010? Maybe when that came out, I can't yeah, really remember. 2010, now. I thought. Yeah. Two. It's about a year before. Okay. But yeah, no, I I thought it was a. Yeah, I, I, I heard it was pretty good. Game right around <laughs> playing it. If you want to talk about improvements, like games that really, really improved on the first game, I mean, Two Worlds Two definitely has to be in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that that's like one of the biggest cases of that happening because the first one was just terrible at every oh, single so possible bad. way, mm-hmm. and the second one is a game that's actually playable. That's actually really quite great and the first one played itself very serious and the second one's like god we really fucked up on the first one we might as well make this one kind of like well we fucked up we know that let's see what we can do with this now because we can't make it any worse than we did yeah so it's kind of like all i mean it it has that sense like we got nothing to lose we made one of the worst games of this generation so that's exactly the thought that i was thinking of Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean I, I think that that's like the most important type of sequel right there is like when you have something that's so bad that it kind of can drag it out of the toilet a little bit and adds a new polish to it. Yeah, Two Worlds 2 could have been like three points worse than it is. And we might still be talking about it in this like positive tone because of how bad the first game was. So in a way, they did themselves a favor for the sequel because they set the bar so low with the first game <laughs> that it was just so <laughs> easy to hurdle over it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's, and yeah, I, I totally enjoyed it. I, I didn't finish it, but I played. I probably put like a thirty or forty hours into it. So that's a that's a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those were my answers. I didn't. I didn't want to say too much about Arkham City because what else can be said about it that hasn't well, been there, said a million well, there times? There are people. There are people out there who do actually prefer Arkham Asylum to City simply because you know the idea Simply because they're silly sallies <laughs> the, idea, the idea of an open world batman game is is just very foreign to a lot of people who aren't Not necessarily sure. fans I, I can see why people would want a more contained experience with arkham yeah. asylum than the open world because I, I think i think sometimes the open world to some people turns people off because there's too <laughs> much to do Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, Arkham City. Arkham City wasn't that big. No. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, in a like lot of that. ways, Arkham Asylum feels a little bit bigger in some points. Like it doesn't feel like a, a <clears throat> big difference because Arkham Asylum. The thing is, you're going around inside of places all the time, and Arkham City is like mainly outside exploration, and it doesn't feel that big, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but I, I think I think them just saying it's open world and that sort of thing yeah. might just scare people i guess in a way because they think it's it might be too much it might be too overwhelming for some people Mm. but i I personally do like open world games Um, but some of them do have like too much shit to do (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to Arkham guess. City, I think it just improved on everything Arkham Asylum did and yeah. didn't give – it was still like Arkham Asylum had a bit of an open world and Arkham City wasn't really open world. It was kind of the same style of open world of like areas mm-hmm. that go into smaller uh, interior zones. So – I actually like the whole idea that games can be too open. I don't really – I agree with that. I feel like games that are like you might play Skyrim for 120 hours, be like, man, there's just too much shit to do in this game. I can't take it anymore. I'm like, it's because you played it for fucking 120 hours. You're done. Well, what about, say, um, L.A. Noir? That's way too open because it didn't really do anything for it. It's like the the game has to, the open world has to benefit the game. Yeah, I mean, right. It's just not a good game either. (laughs) There needs to be a there needs to be a balance. Open world. When you have an open world, you need to have a core reason to explore that world. You need yeah, an open world yeah. needs to be like a playground, basically. Yeah. A sandbox, you know, and in Lala Noir, it was just, it was pointless. It was for pretty. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. was just there to be a set piece and not really to be... Because, I mean, like, we're rockstar, rock we do open worlds. Yeah. As pretty as it was, the thing was, like, in all fairness, that game didn't need to be open world. Yeah. It had nope. no reason to be open world because that game had such a path of linearity oh, yeah, that it, it just was totally was ridiculous. Like, linear- there, there was such meaningless side missions. And yeah, was- I, I really did enjoy the story of that game though, and the line, like the actual cases and stuff. I thought that was cool, but up yeah. until the point where they said you were wrong 100 percent of the time. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which you know, basically everything that they teach you in psychology books and everything that's like a proven tell is like, oh yeah, by the way, you're wrong because we purposely were like, oh, by the way, actors make it so this is actually wrong. Right. I mean that's what that's what happens though when you take somebody who's already lying and tell them to look like they're lying. Oh, and by the way, this game's not good anyways, but here's this uh, facial capture stuff that makes the only, the only thing good about this game. It's just right. I don't know. I really enjoy the game. Like I know It was just did. fatally flawed. Yeah, it definitely yeah. had its flaws, but I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, same thing with Heavy Rain. I mean, Heavy Rain was different. It was drastically different, but there, there, the plot holes in that game... Jovan! Yeah, I mean, there were plot holes, but the plot holes weren't there because the game mechanics were bad. Yeah, I mean, the heavy uh, L.A. Noir just suffered from poor gameplay because, I mean, it was basically a point and click adventure game mm-hmm. that required you to look at facial expressions to see if somebody was lying and then connect that to your evidence. So I mean, it was just flawed. Yeah. Telltale should make L.A. Noir. <laughs> they should telltale should make L.A. It, Telltale would probably make a great L.A. Noir, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Probably true. <laughs> Double Fine should make L.A. Noir. <laughs> <laughs> you know how awesome L.A. Noir would have been if Double Fine did it? Yeah. Uh, the character they're... would be the detective, what's his name, Dax? No, it's not right. From Psychonauts? Can't think of his name. His name is Raz. Raz. I knew it was one of those three letters. Short for Rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> Say it wasn't a Sam and Max, a Telltale game. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sam yeah. and Max was a Telltale game. Yeah, it's probably the only Sam, franchise Sam. that actually is still consistently good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Telltale also did Wallace and Gromit, so mm. <laughs> and and Jurassic Park. Let's not forget uh, Jurassic. Park. Hey, Wallace and Gromit isn't Jurassic bad. Park, actually, <laughs> Wallace and Gromit isn't bad. Jurassic Park's bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Travis, what like, games did you got for us? Well, Silence of the Lambs 2, <laughs> Hannibal, uh, Red Dragon. What else was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Everybody well, my, thought I was you for a second. My favorite uh, <laughs> sequel is Arkham City. 
Oh. As a Batman nerd, there's nothing about that game that I don't like. Mm. Nerd! Uh, uh, <laughs> there's nothing hey, really stop saying the N-word, guys. That we have. I was going to say, <laughs> such an N-word. I'd say that the sequel I've had the most fun with is probably Gears of War 3. Just because I spent countless hours just dicking around in it with a friend of mine. I still had the most fun in the original because of the glitches. <laughs> crab walking was pretty I, fun. I miss the crab walk so much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Uh, what game did you say? I just the original, the original Gears of War multiplayer was like riddled with glitches. Like oh. going outside of the map and crab walking and stuff like that. I call it oh. running. I miss that. I miss that so much. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah, Travis said uh, Gears of War 3. Gears of War 3, I think, was the best refinement of the series. Um, yes, Gears of War 3 was. Yeah. yeah. And the, the Horde mode was awesome in Gears Unfortunately, the, yeah. I still don't think it was better than Gears of War 1. I only played Dude, them for the single Gears player. Gears of War 1 or 2 part. is definitely the one of those are definitely the best of the series. Well, two, yeah, was, 2 had really? the most unsatisfying ending I can ever yeah. think of. I don't know, guys. I like well, 3 the most, I'll be honest. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah, 3, I mean... Yeah. The thing is, like Gears of War two in my in terms of multiplayer, I thought Gears of War two had the best multiplayer maps. I don't, I wasn't the biggest fan of Gears of War three's maps, <laughs> but that's just multiplayer speaking. In terms of single player, Gears of War three is like, yeah, that's that's the high, that's the pedestal of that entire series. Mm, I, I disagree. I think hotness. I think that Gears two had the best story. The ending was a little bit weak, but I think guys, the campaign in Gears two was the best. Jovan, did yeah, you almost say that that's the hotness? Because that's what it almost sounded like. Gears of War, Gears of War three single player is the hotness. Okay, I just wanted to, I although, just wanted to hear although, you say the hotness. Although, like, I can agree with Travis to some extent. Gears of War two didn't necessarily have the kind of filler that Gears three had in its campaign. Like that whole section with Ice T was like, <laughs> come on, man, you have to have Ice T in a game. To be fair, he was a cool character. And I think because uh, he, he, no. he was he was barely a character. Fucking Ice T. Let's stop lying. Ice T is pretty cool. Have you seen us for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're lying to his wife now, guys. Come on now. <laughs> have you seen his wife? Uh, yeah, I, I have. I think, I think- like campaign wise two and three are kind of neck and i mean they're they're close but i think two probably had a better campaign mostly because it was so varied i mean like you know mid game yeah. you're, you're inside of a fucking that worm Dude, that was worm. one of the best scenes the of the yeah. Yeah. and the end of the game when you're kind of crawling through those the locust like dungeons and you're fighting all the butchers and shit like that i thought that was i mean that was one of my favorite it reminded me of diablo with chainsaws in a way almost and i mean the ending was was kind of a letdown yeah but i think the story overall was probably better than the way uh, three played out the multiplayer i think two did have the best maps but the latency issues with yeah there was, there was a, there's a, the one bad thing about gears is that it's always had some bad latency issues latency yeah well three fixed that three was it like a dedicated uh, servers yeah. yeah yeah so with three lately though it might have been fixed near the beginning but now it's still just awful did they get rid of the dedicated servers when people stopped playing on it I have no idea what they did, but I started playing it about a year ago again, <laughs> and it's just been... I, sh- I run up behind someone, I shoot them with my Nasher, and it just doesn't kill them. Yeah. I, I think awesome. one of my biggest issues with Two's story, aside from the flat ending, the Dom storyline just like... Uh, just needed to stop. Oh, I Everybody, love the Dom story. I did too. Everybody shits all over that. Go I ahead. I felt like it didn't fit, and it was completely unbelievable. Whenever you have a big burly man with chainsaw, being emotional. 
Well, the art, it's just the art style, really, that they're big, yeah. burly guys. It's not. Well, I mean, really if that's like, working uh, against the story, the story shouldn't be part of it. Like, I think that you guys, guys big burly guys it's can't like, be emotional. I'm, I was going to say, I think you guys underestimate me in the forest because, <laughs> God damn it. Like, like, in harmony with what Mike just said, like, in terms of Gears 3, I thought Dom's death was incredibly forced and. Oh, yeah very like not well thought out at all. I'm not going to lie when Dom died I almost shed a small tear I didn't uh, Dom died in years in three <laughs> spoilers oh oh now you S- give Snape kill now Snape you give it's, it's old no one gives a shit no. Snape killed but I actually I actually almost cried a little bit just because I loved the story in those movies in those games I did not expect. I mean, I I I guess like I don't know, like the way that he was. I mean, how, how long? The, the difference between two and three, like a couple of years, like ten years or something like that. I think it was like five years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, like I don't know. He he's a broken man. Obviously, he's yeah. gonna go out sometime in this story. I did not expect him to go out nearly as early as he did. Like he was like Act Three when he died. And I was just like, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, that's uh, I, that's standard Shakespearean I, storytelling right there. Biggest stuff happens in the third act. Mike, yeah. the king of Shakespeare. Even though, <laughs> well, like the whole that whole theory is like there's three acts. Gears had like five, but yeah. yeah. No, 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 Shakespearean stories all have five, and the third act is oh, when the major okay. things happen, like Caesar I dying, just, all I that. Acts. Okay. Where does Judgment play in? Judgment is Judgment's in. before. For all that, guys, but, uh, guys, it was a joke. Yeah, I figured it was a joke. Judgment is Fight Club. Judgment's Fight Club. Mm. Yeah. We don't I talk should... about. We don't talk about how good Judgment is. The one redeeming factor of Judgment is the overrun mode. Yeah, it's still not worth sixty dollars. <laughs> it's not worth sixty dollars for that. But if you were able to like fucking borrow it from a friend, then you'd have fun with that. Guys, I just want to also fun. mention. There's a certain sequel that is known as one of the greatest games of all time. If it doesn't, if it doesn't get brought up this whole time, I may actually end up committing suicide at the Half end of the podcast. Two? No, actually, that that works too. But oh, I yeah. wasn't going to say it, but I was just guessing what you were thinking. Yeah. No, that's not it either, though. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, so uh, maybe somebody has. Were there, were there Fable Three? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fable free, you mean? Wait, so so next time we're gonna do worst sequels ever. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about that is, is that like I when I first played Fable two, I thought it was like really really bad. I I, I did not like this game at all. And then when Fable three came out, I, I just like wow, Fable two was, was really great. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, it like, just really opened my eyes. Like Fable man, 2 was when did awesome. this game become so good? I, I no, I loved Fable two though. Yeah, yeah I, I loved it from the get go. I've played it so many times. I don't love it, but I'm content with not, it. Not the first, really the first one is the best. They will never outdo the first one. I have. I think they would need to. Yeah, like even with Molyneux there, they couldn't outdo the first one. Now that he's not there anymore, I think that they would need to sacrifice <laughs> Molyneux to Cthulhu. <laughs> well, I've never <laughs> played uh, the Lost Chapters, so whenever I played two, I do think two is a superior game than one without the lost chapters involved but once i get the anniversary edition and try the lost chapters i might have to reevaluate that opinion well you i think look you are in luck because the lost chapters is three dollars and 39 cents on steam well i mean i own it on steam the thing i just can't start playing it you know i'll wait to the anniversary too that doesn't exist that's another fight club game oh it might happen wait what did you say 
Fable to Journey to. Oh my god! What, what was the what was the Fable game that was like Dungeon Defenders, but like yeah. not really? I forget. <laughs> it was really really uh, heroes, heroes yeah, fight Fable or something. Heroes. Fable, Fable heroes, yeah. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy Fable Coin Golf on Windows Phone. I, I like Fable too. Oh, the pub games. games are fucking legit yeah. as shit. Pub games are awesome. And the fact that they actually meant something for the game, it was a cool pre-order bonus. Yeah. And you could just buy them on the arcade just to play them whenever the fuck you want. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Any any others you want to throw out there, Travis? Uh, I might think of something later. Not right now. Okay. Uh, Jovan, Street, Lawrence. Um, I, I have a handful. Um, first, first things first, my all-time favorite sequel, Devil May Cry 3. Wow, that's not what I was expecting, actually. I was expecting Kingdom so, Hearts 2. That, that is, that was it's, my it's next It's not one. as good as DMC. <laughs> I, honestly, I was expecting Street Fighter 2. That was Street Fighter 2. I think there were like Third four Strike. Street Fighter 2s. Third Strike was my next one. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Devil May, Devil May Cry 3, my all-time favorite sequel, simply because playing Devil May Cry 2, play you play that game, and Speaking you just, of worst look sequels at, ever. just look at all the things wrong with that game, and then, like, I have never seen a studio really just take a look at everything they did wrong, and then just do the exact opposite their next game. Mm. Like... Uh-huh. Just what Devil May Cry 3 offered in terms of presentation and gameplay and just look and feel and controls. It was just everything that DMC2 wasn't. And that's just like I would I could pick that game up today. It's aged fairly well for a, for an early PS2 game anyway. But, so, I mean, it's and it's one of the best action games of all yeah. time, probably, I would say yeah. easily. So, I, I mean. You could yeah. just play a really good game like DMC Devil May no. Cry. No, I actually like. Does no. nobody like DMC? No. I actually no, really I love it. it. No. It's great. No. I liked it for the for a game, but not as part of the Devil May Cry series. Jeez, no. I hate it for that. No, it's not a part no. of the series. It's a it's the new no. story. It's it's a part of the series, Stop. even if Stop. it is a re. Stop it. Uh, Rework. <laughs> great. Hey, like hey, all the cheap. Good. Hey, hey Jovan, you want to know my favorite part? When the wig falls on his head and he's like, not in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, that game. Yeah, I, I, like, I mean, it got rid of all like the, the... I mean, there was some of the cheese factor there, but the voice acting was actually well done. It was no, well, no. It was fucking I, great. I only, only feel like angsty teenager Dante. <laughs> oh, it was, that game was so good. Absolutely I, not. I'm not even saying it to piss anybody off. Like I genuinely enjoyed that game. I thought it was. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm with you, Tim. <laughs> was, I'm with you, Tim. It was better. Than right. You're only I'll pissing off that. a black guy. That's okay. all. He'll, he'll <laughs> probably just shoot you. Yeah. And I had like four or five difficulties, and the last I, one was I, like, well, you get hit once. They all die. they all have four or five. Well, they all have that. Yeah. Yeah. So so stop it. I thought it was harder than Devil May Cry 3. I did. Like I, I thought Devil May Cry 3, even on the tougher difficulties, was pretty easy. Where DMC, like on no. I thought yeah. DMC's difficulty was kind of artificial just from the, uh, On the fact that you can only get blue I, enemies with I, red weapons I, red enemies with blue I, weapons. No, no. It, kind of, I died. it kind of ruined the combo system. I died no, I, I, I didn't on think the so. hardest di- default difficulty, which was, what, Jovan. Son of Sparta mode or Nephilim Jovan, mode or whatever. No. So Nephilim is oh. like the default, yeah. Jovan, yeah. Like, I, have, I have something to say to Jovan. 
Why did it suck so bad? It would be so much easier to pull off those combos. <laughs> That's what made it fucking great. It had like this Ikaruga style like fucking mechanic where you had to <laughs> switch weapons and you and I mean sometimes it was for defense too. Like you couldn't walk on fire if you had your angel weapon out. Oh, like I so love that having to change it up so often. Yeah, it was fucking great. Just give me all these weapons and then subtract it by half whenever I have to encounter enemies, thereby <laughs> making my entire arsenal useless. Well, I mean, they, it only they threw in like the, the elemental specific enemies just to kind of change it up. Most enemies weren't element specific like that. Um, yeah, towards the end, though, there were way too many of them. It hurt to I, slow the game. I mean, I liked using the other, like the scythe and the and those uh, horrifically cliche boss battles that like have these oh, idiotic cutscenes. Okay, the but that's Devil May Cry, dude. Might be the best no, Devil not, May Cry boss no, battle ever. Not, not I the loved originals. it. The, the Is that really a boss? Have- they're the so cheesy and, and corny and just tongue in cheek that I think that's the whole point is that it's not supposed to be taken seriously. So, I mean, the fact that they were absurd because you're fighting, you know, a, a guy inside of a TV screen. Like, I, th- I I loved it. I don't know. I thought it worked. Tim, that I could tongue kiss you right boss. now. It's like, like <laughs> now we have this teenage angsty Dante who thinks he's really cool, but he's not really cool at all. But like people like him because he's he was like that cool. in Devil May Cry 3. Was, yeah, was like the he original was a, Dante. He was a cartoon, very cool. he, he, was a he couldn't get character. away with that in real life. Everybody like, who the fuck? Yeah. You, dude. Like, he was a cartoon <laughs> character in the originals, but he was yeah. perfect for that kind of universe. Yeah. Like they're trying to portray a, a like a more grittier universe here, and like this Dante doesn't really work for that. I thought it worked really at all. No, in that yeah. context, like I'm with if him. You, yeah, like if you took him and put him in the original like, universe, it wouldn't work at all. It would be really just abrasive. Sorry, like sorry now, guys. Like this now. is officially the Tim and Eric show. No copyright infringement <laughs> intended. Like now, he suddenly wants to take down some socialist regime. All, all, all because well, it was like, well, like, yeah, because like Mundus maybe kind of sort of like took kidnapped his father and killed his mother based on what this stranger that looks like him said. Well, it was I like a way Virgil because, too. yeah, I mean, that was, but I just the way they kind of reinvent because of the original series with the story was good. I thought it was growing stale too. I think that's the main well, it reason. Was convol- it was convoluted, no doubt, but you know, I mean, at, least, the, uh, yeah, so I mean, at least it wasn't horribly paced. Like now, Dante's entire backstory is explained by the second chapter with absolutely no sort of pacing whatsoever. And everything's explained, and it's not. Yeah, really Devil May Cry was never really known for its pacing as it was. Nobody plays Devil May at good yeah. pacing for what. It yeah. yeah, but Capcom. But this time around, Capcom wanted you to care about the story, which, which kind of comes off as okay. They changed some things, but it's overall fixed, and now it's just worse than ever. I mean, overall, Devil May Cry is like in the same vein as Ninja Gaiden in that the story is really secondary to the mechanics. So, I mean, yeah. just standing solely on the mechanics itself as a, just an action game like that, I think it's almost peerless, at least in this generation. I mean, what else really compares to it? Nothing Bayonetta. <laughs> Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Well, yeah, I mean, there's Bayonetta, too. Yeah, but other than Bayonetta, like anything else? Ironically enough, both were made by the same dude. uh, yeah but uh, the master master of nothing himself Hideki Kamiya (laughs) I think think the problem is that DMC is really awesome and you're wrong (laughs) let's go on on. I agree with that I agree with that but no I I did love Devil May Cry 3 so I'm not going to fight anybody on that no I did too but I like DMC more I do too and like and the problem the main problem the fact that DMC running on 30 frames Whereas, like, 
every other Devil May Cry is running on 60 and on the MT Framework Engine. I had, no, three, I had no problem three, with that. I don't three know. Had, didn't want to work with MT Framework, even though Capcom begged them to. I don't think just, it's a problem because I don't think most people notice Like, it. fast-paced action combat does not work in 30 frames. It I thought sucks. It did. I thought it was fine. I don't know. Like, I didn't even notice the frame rate at all. Like, yeah, I was guys, I was never like, oh, man, this frame rate. Fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I love I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's be fair. Devil May Cry 3 was also a Batman sequel. Like, Devil May Cry 4 <laughs> came out. Devil May Cry 4 came out five years ago and still looks better. The fact, like. What? That's, no. that's a terrible Devil May Cry game. Say what? I don't know if I <laughs> agree with that. That's no, totally and it wasn't that good either. I didn't think. I don't know, but I, I definitely think DMC looked better, even stylistically. Like, because it was more colorful. <laughs> it yeah, I got a lot looking better. It bloomed with bright orange colors that strained your eyesight. Well, and gave yeah, it did. And <laughs> did you finish off. it, by the way, Javon? Did, or, oh, no, this is Travis. Is, who, who's talking right now? I'm sorry. Wait, that's Javon. Oh. Travis is sorry. It sounds like Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <Right. Exactly. laughs> My mistake. Goodness. But like, did you finish DMC? Yeah, all you of did. Them. Really? And Twice, you just didn't uh, three times. Yeah. Man. Compared to other action games, do you give it, it, it give it props? Because I mean, I think it's a legit good game. Like, it's mediocre at best compared to others, but compared to uh, Devil May Cry, I, I would have liked it better if it wasn't a Devil May Cry game. Yes, but once again, guys, I must mention Devil May Cry Three was a Batman game. <laughs> they had it had a clown that looked like Joker, whose name was Arkham. It had a guy uh-huh. with half of a face, basically. I, I find it I find it very hard to believe that like these the writers ex- actually wanted us to appreciate this character. It, 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 he's just written so horribly. I but they <laughs> were always written, written so horribly. Like I, in uh, one, two, and three, I thought the story was just embarrassing. I, I mean, not not awful, but like tongue in cheek in a way that it wasn't meant to be taken so seriously. And that's why, like I said, yeah. the series stands more on its mechanics. I, I don't know. The kind of, yeah, the kind of atmosphere that this game was presenting, though, it kind of like it just it was telling you, okay, before you didn't have to take me seriously, but now I want you to. You know, but you don't have to. Like you, you don't can just have to. But it, it, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like that. I, I, like now he's trying to topple a government. He's trying to like overthrow this socialist. Just oh, it, it was really just off-putting. I, it's like he's fighting in a disco club with this really grotesque pregnant chick. And okay, like, guys, so many. Sounds really- awesome. It's time. <laughs> it's time to tell Jovan what this is really about. Jovan, this is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm being serious. Like, there's just like so many things that just stand out now, and it's just like. If Mundus is an immortal demon, why does he need an heir and why does he He could have been worse. He could have been a giant statue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to – my last word on it is going to be just that I think action games stand more on their mechanics than anything else. And if you have a rock-solid action game with with the worst story in the world like Ninja Gaiden, it can still be a fantastic game. And DMC, I actually enjoyed the story, but even if I'd hated it, it still would be a fantastic game. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance kind of disproves that. It It had a pretty solid story and and like well done mechanics as well. I think it's better to say the story is ancillary to the mechanics. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's a good action game, it doesn't matter if you don't care what's happening, or if the game is asking you to care more than in the previous installments, as long as it's fun to play, because that's what action games are more about than 
other genres. And I thought that, like I said, I actually enjoyed the combat more than I did in. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can see that, you know, I mean, but, you know, I'm just saying like people do want to like, people do want more out of that. I mean, like I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology. I'm such a nut on that kind of thing. And that's the main thing that brings me into the God of War series, the action, the crunchy mechanics of the executions that all come secondary for me. No, okay, I, but that's personal, you know. That, that's yeah. I can see how that. If, if you're into that kind of thing, that the action, you're you're more there for the atmosphere and the theme and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but Devil May Cry doesn't really have like a defining. I mean, aside from the character's ridiculous persona, it doesn't really have like a, a genuine theme or atmosphere that I think anybody could really latch on to. So the fact that they changed it up for another game, as long as the combat was still there, I think that's really all that matters. Which was made for babies, whereas, you know, the hmm. originals actually had difficulty to them. Oh my god, like the hardest difficulties on DMC, you still thought they were easy? Uh, yeah. I thought D- so I played Devil May Cry through all, all the way through on every difficulty. And I thought it was easier than that. that that's, I, I've never heard anyone say that before. I've I really never, did because the enemies say they seem so it's easy. Did, the enemies, you, did you play the re-release of Devil May Cry three? Because there was a re-release that actually had to lower the difficulty. And that did it make it really easy. Like, yeah, like the original D- Devil May Cry three will kick. I played. The original. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the boss fights in the in the third one were were more difficult, but the actual just basic fights that you ran into, I think they were harder in DMC. Yeah, I I think that going back and playing the first or the the third one and the first one recently, and I don't mean the HD collection, I mean like the actual first released versions of them. Uh, yeah, Devil May Cry one did seem a little bit harder, hmm. which is I kind of strange. But then Devil again, May like I'm really used to hard games now. Devil May Cry 1, I remember being a lot easier for me, but then again, I was younger and probably better at video games then. Mm. My refl- well, reactions were better. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. I, I'm, I apologize for going on too long with this. No, 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 no it's, it's okay. We, there. It's nice to hear somebody know that they're wrong and just want to <laughs> talk about why they're wrong. If it makes you feel better, Javon, for the most part, I completely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be in the middle of this then. I abstain. Um, right. Guys, well, I'm officially I leaving the show early. I, I want to uh, say goodbye. Uh, I, I have to go. I have way more important things to do right all of a sudden. Like drop the mic, chicken. Chicken. Like spend like time with spend time with my girlfriend at the moment. Remember, I was going to take a week off, but and, and smoke eat chicken. Oh yes, and yes, all that, all that. He, re- so, he really just wants to smoke and eat chicken. He doesn't care about the girlfriend. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's totally it. Uh, before I go, I just want to mention Grand Theft Auto 2, the original Grand Theft Auto 2, and uh, Red Dead Redemption. Is that your yep. greatest game of all time? One you were no, those, those were the two of them <laughs> that nobody's going to bring up. But anyways, I am out of here for tonight, guys. So you guys have fun, and Jovan, you're still wrong. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's making humping motions at me so goodbye Bye-bye. Later, dude. <laughs> um you have anything else that you want to talk about javon sequel wise kingdom hearts 2 <laughs> a game i haven't oh played. Tim, tim wasn't here for the e3 uh meltdown that you had oh yeah i i so. um, i kind of had a heart attack <laughs> when kingdom hearts 3 was announced and final fantasy 15 was formally announced yeah i i, I kind of is Final Fantasy still important? Okay. No. Like, 
<laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't to me for a very long time. Like thirteen really just left a sour taste in my mouth, and I really didn't yeah. care too Same much here. about turn based RPGs afterwards. But you know, fifteen is just like this massive overhaul and it looks so good and the, the combat is really really awesome now and it, it's doesn't it doesn't have like the stereotypical jrpg like elements that it usually has have we actually like, seen gameplay for it yet <clears throat> oh yeah it, yeah some of that was screen, gameplay yeah, 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 screen enix yeah screen enix released like a whole like a uh, four minute video of like final fantasy 15 battle gameplay I've started calling him Squeenix, just because it's easier to say. Squeenix? Squeenix. Yeah, Squeenix. that works. Yeah. Is it the same art style as in uh, like Final Fantasy thirteen and fourteen, where it's like kind of the yeah, kind of like uh, yes. anime looking? Yeah, oh, yeah. I wish they'd kind of go back to more like Final Fantasy seven. I mean, mainly like seven actual and fantasy nine. games. Yeah, like like car- kind of cartoonish and stuff. Yeah, I'm Final tired of the, like Final uh, Fantasy Neo, nine. That would be the Neo yeah. Future uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I, I like those kinds of themes, but you know, it's more about like the, the gameplay that I have a problem with in terms of. Uh, well, yeah, there's some story elements that I really don't care for in the newer Final Fantasy. But I, I just don't really care so much about like the way that they tried to like tweak the turn-based battle systems in 12 and 13. I've yet to play 13 too. I don't plan on buying Lightning Returns next year when it comes out. I'm just going to wait for 15. That was the worst game for them to drive out, like, churn out spinoffs, because I don't think any... I mean, in Japan, I guess it's still a big deal, but I think most people kind of wrote off 13 after they played it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I think the last Final Fantasy that I really liked was 10. I agree completely. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed ten. I really fucking enjoyed nine though, and that's a good sequel right there. Eight, nine is yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah, nine might be my favorite too. I really love yeah, three. Game. Three and eight are my all-time favorites. Three and eight. Seven's my favorite, like in the series proper. Tactics is my favorite Final Fantasy ever made, but I don't know if that really fucking love <laughs> tactics. And then, and I, I I will say this though. I, I know this this is a very popular like Final Fantasy series that people like, but if they ever do announce a Dissidia for Vita, I will buy a Vita just for that. Just because mm-hmm. I, I, really, I liked the first Dissidia. I didn't play the sequel, but I did like. It's more of an expansion, really. With uh, like, okay. were, yeah, it's not really anything worth spending. The, money Dissidia on. was pretty fun though. It was definitely different and interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did really, enjoy it. If they, if they announce a Dissidia for a Vita, I'm buying a Vita. I liked that. I liked Crisis Core a lot too, actually. Crisis Core wasn't bad yeah, at all. It, huh? it was like, pretty I, fun. Like, I mean, it was like it a, was probably way too grindy, but like, yeah, I, there was a lot of random battles. Yeah, like I I did enjoy the experience though. <laughs> but yeah, King Hearts two, and finally, last but not least, uh, not uh, what was uh, Street Fighter Third Strike. Yeah, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Arguably my favorite Street Fighter game. Um, simply because of like the the, the pairing system that they had, that they implemented. It was very, very well done. And I just absolutely loved it. And I'm so glad that that was the Street Fighter game that got re-released for, a P- for PSN and XBLA. So, honestly, I thought you were going to say Street Fighter Cross Tekken because. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like uh, Street Fighter Four? Because I was actually a big fan of that, but I don't know. Oh, how absolutely, well yeah. Street yeah, Fighter Four okay. is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Reinvigorated the series for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
made it popular once again. Yeah, because the fact that Street Fighter Three, like the fact that the whole series skipped a generation, mm-hmm. and and now just like reinsurgenced with four, it, it really did. Uh, the the only problem is I I just wish that Capcom didn't. Uh, uh, recycle their old habits. Fuck, I hate that shit. <laughs> With them releasing the like all the different versions, like here's Super yeah. Street Fighter Four, here's Super Street Fighter Four Arcade. But it's always like cheaper than the original release, so I was actually yeah, kind of yeah. cool with it. It's, it's, it's more like an expansion, yeah. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, like you have Street Fighter Four, just release this shit as DLC now. Like it's fucking twenty. Eh. Well, they did, and then they released a disc copy for new installments. But yeah, yeah, that was like, kind of like how Ninja Gaiden Black came out after Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Black that was in a was... time where like DLC was still in its infancy. Like right. you didn't really see DLC being prominent at the time. Um, whereas, you know, DLC is like huge now. So, right. And there, there's also like a time where, um, you know, there wasn't really, they didn't really know how to handle these types of things where character balancing and stuff like that. And, and back in the old days, a lot of these fighting games, they got ported to other consoles and they weren't really accurate to their original arcade versions of the original console versions or whatever. So, I mean, like we got multiple versions of a lot of games because of that. Uh, I don't really see that as much the case. I wish that, you know, these Street Fighter 4 special editions were spaced out more. I wish that arcade between like arcade edition and then arcade edition version 2012, a little bit more space between those two. There's like a six month window of time between those two versions. We're getting 20, we're supposed to be getting like a, a version 2013 announcement at Evo, which is about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I, that's I, stupid. I, I think they should put more effort into like making another street fighter game. Like, yeah, because Capcom is like they really do care. It's more of the veterans when they're doing when they're making these kinds of decisions. Not so much the, the casual Street Fighter fans, but the, the the actual competitive players. Because the last couple of years, Capcom has been sponsoring more and more tournaments. They have been coming to more and more events. They have been you know getting back on the feedback of, of a lot of their fans. Like top players now work for Capcom. Um, after Seth Killian left, like top players are now working at Capcom as the community managers for the specific regions. So, I mean, like that's who Capcom is catering to more when they're doing these kinds of things. I still wish they were spaced out more, like over the course of a generation or so of consoles. But yeah. you know, even so, I mean, I, I don't doubt we'll be seeing Street Fighter Five next gen. I mean, we have to. That I, I highly doubt that. Um, there's going to be any amount of time. We'll see Street Fighter Five, <clears throat> XB XB One. <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Ultimate. That'll be a year after it. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, uh, and a lot of players have been saying this. Hopefully, very little is changed with the 2013 update. So, like there were a lot of big changes update to update so hopefully this 2013 because there's very little that needs to be changed like from from like the perspective of the characters well, not a lot that, of characters is there need a point to be, in releasing another game if nothing needs to be changed I, I question this myself i 
I mean, I, this is just them, this is Capcom being Capcom, you know? Like, but at the same time, like, it almost feels like they milk the diehards in that sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, the people that are going to sit there and buy every Street Fighter are the hardcore people. And it's, yeah. And new news, there's actually an on-disc sequel. Yeah. Super Street Fighter 5 is on Super Street Fighter 4. <laughs> it is a good thing, though, that, like, the, the 2012 update was free. I would be very surprised if they're going to start like charging for these updates and they're changing very little. And I know like people, even players have been requesting new characters for the next update. I don't think like Street Fighter 4 is almost at 40 characters. We do not need any more characters. I don't think adding new characters is a bad thing if it doesn't break the old characters you had. More options is always a good thing in my opinion. Yeah, but the, the thing was, we added four new characters for the Arcade Edition update, and those characters had to be nerfed almost right away for the 2012 update. <laughs> like, and that's why 2012, the 2012 update was six months after Arcade Edition was released, because the, like those characters were literally the top character. Like, top players were abandoning their mains for those new characters, and it really broke a lot of game flow and a lot of. A lot of players ended up dropping Street Fighter 4 altogether because of that. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know if adding new characters is a solution. Like, like I said, with the new Tom 2013 update, very little needs to be changed. If anything at all needs to be changed, very little. And I'll, I'll just look forward to it. I'll still play the game. So, <clears throat> um, Marvel 2? Yeah, Marvel 2. Definitely better than Marvel 3. <laughs> In every way, shape, and form. And that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> Alright, Mike. What, what, what are your sequels? Um, see, the first thing I thought of, because it's pretty much my favorite, become my favorite game of all time, is uh, Deus Ex Human Revolutions. But... I never played the original to really compare, so I don't know if it's really fair to say it's my favorite sequel because it might as well be its own standalone game to me. Mm. And I know a lot of hardcore Deus Ex fans didn't like it as much because it removed a lot of the serious open world to the better, in my opinion, because you can't break the game like you could in Deus Ex Human Revo- or uh, Deus Ex these originals. And by that, I mean not level up a specific skill you need to get to a certain area, <laughs> like the random stuff you could do in that. But, mm-hmm. um. It's, it's definitely become my favorite game of all time. But what I want to stick with has to be Halo 2. I think I put more hours into that than I have anything else. Plus, it's single-handedly... That, that, the, the impact of Halo 2 is still being felt in consoles today because it's single-handedly defined the multiplayer generation, which is <laughs> what we're currently going in now. Yeah, like everybody had to have good multiplayer to compete. I can see that. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think console games would be nearly as popular as they are now without Halo Two having existed. Like the thing about that is, is that I'm like people have been circulating to about a Halo Two anniversary re-release. Yeah, because mm-hmm. apparently, like they asked, like we saw a whole. A Halo announcement, a new Halo game for next year for Xbox One, and you know people uh, assumed that it was just Halo Five, but now you know it could be Halo Two Anniversary or something like that. Well, there was a big Forerunner thing coming out of the ground, so I doubt that it's. Uh, oh, that's uh, what Halo. that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely it was a Halo. Or, uh, yeah, Forerunner thing. Okay. Or that could have been just there for show. 
I mean, it could have, but if that was like a trailer for the game, then it's definitely not Halo 2. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean they won't do a Halo 2 anniversary at some point. Of course. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that trailer not being for Halo 5 just because all the signs were there. It was the corrupted Cortana vid disc or whatever he was holding. Yeah. And uh, the it kind of looked like he was a lost wanderer to start with, with the Forerunner coming out. It kind of looked like they were hitting at Halo 5 with that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or so. some or some kind of Halo Four sequel, maybe not necessarily a Halo Five. I, I don't know. I, well, I'm with you on Halo Two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the campaign wasn't fantastic, but the multiplayer was what was important. I actually did think the Halo Two campaign was fantastic, other than the ending. I, yeah, I think it was. I I mean, like I I, I didn't it, to be honest. I didn't have a problem with uh, the same problem everybody else had th- at the time anyway, where they were saying they didn't want to play as the Arbiter. I just felt like his levels in particular, like the design just wasn't there. It felt like such a corridor crawl with like enemies that you didn't want to fight and weapons that weren't as fun to use. So it felt like the, the Chief's levels were so much more fun, except there were, there were a couple of exceptions toward the end of the game. Like Sacred Icon, I think, was one. Um, just, I can remember the names of the fucking levels. But um, <laughs> like, like overall, I thought his levels were a lot weaker than the Chief's, and I think it kind of threw the game off. I mean, the ending itself, you know, like the final moments were shit. Um, like in, in a story context, I didn't think the ending was that bad. I just thought like instead of you know driving out of a of a ship that's about to explode and detonate a ring world, you're shooting a, a monkey in the in the head with with the carbine yeah. until it goes over. Like it wasn't very you know climactic, but um, wasn't a good boss battle. No, no, it sucked. But no first person shooter really has tar- those. With Tartarus. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I actually like the Arbiter's missions just because it was kind of like a change of pace and they were trying something different. And it kind of fleshed out the story a little bit because the I don't think the Covenant Civil War would have made any sense without them. Yeah. That makes sense. My problem isn't that they existed. It's that the levels themselves. I mean, as much as they change it up, and I, I get that and I agree with you, that like they just that it just wasn't as fun as the they were. The yeah, they were so afraid to do, give you. At, it might not have been even more fun to do. They were so afraid to give you a you versus the humans. I think because yeah. you never had a moment where because you, I mean you're a fucking elite. Why wouldn't you fight humans at some point? Mm-hmm. And I think that held back a lot of their missions. In a way, I mean, like, because then they'd have to develop, like, probably a whole new AI system for it, because I doubt they could just transition, like, your ally AI to the enemy AI and have it work properly. Right. But, I mean, I could see kind of even just from a gameplay standpoint why they wouldn't have you know, made, like, you as the alien fighting the humans. The, the enemy wasn't the problem. It was just, you know, some of those levels where you're fighting nothing but sentinels, and it's just such a long slog to get from one end of the level to the next. I it just the, the levels themselves, it was just bad game design. Like, even Halo 1 had a lot of these long, I mean, fuck, it had the library, you know, <laughs> which... Yeah. I, like if I go back and play the library, I enjoy it because I played so- hardcore level on legendary that I can yeah, it is. I beat it up. Me and my I'm actually James. I still here. think I still think Cortana from Halo Three on legendary was the worst thing out and like in was all- that the one when you go back to high charity. Yeah, that- you have to go back to high charity and you, you, there's like waves upon waves of flood. Yeah. Yeah, the flood generally weren't. I didn't think they were that fun to fight in uh, Halo Two or Three, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> They were. They should have stopped at one. I think they just didn't feel right in any of the other games. They felt like shoehorned in. Like in a story context, I thought it was all right that they were there, but just the design of the enemies themselves, for whatever reason, they just weren't. They were just annoying. It was no longer fun to like blow through flood with a shotgun. You know, impact they had in Halo One though when they first appeared. That's That's, like top ten greatest video game moments of all time. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Like, that was insane. And I, they, they tried to. They, I felt like they kind of tried to recapture that, but everybody knew it was coming, so you mm-hmm. couldn't possibly be surprised by it. Right. 
but I mean, I think it's way more important. Halo two is for its multiplayer. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, if if I could see the amount of time I put into it, probably thousands of hours. Like an embarrassing amount of time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Like, same here. I'm on the uh, same. Yeah, I was like on the transition from middle school to high school at the time. It's like I couldn't drive and I lived in the middle of nowhere. So fuck it, Halo two online. I spent more time <laughs> playing Halo two and Halo three online than I did sleeping. Yeah, I am closer to friends I made in Halo two than a lot of people I knew in real life, though. Yeah. And that's something that I couldn't even imagine before Halo two came out. Mm hmm. That was the thing, too. I mean, like some of those maps, some of those multiplayer maps are just timeless. Like, oh, Sunshine. Midship, Hang um, Lockout. Hang they tried to remake Lockout and it's never felt as good as it did in Halo 2. Yeah, I think it's the weapon design. It just hasn't quite clicked. I, think, I agree. But, yeah. but Ascension was my favorite in Halo 2 by far. Um, which one was Ascension? I'm blanking on that one. With the big, giant uh, pyramid looking structure in the middle that kind of rotated. Oh, that was Ascension? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. I'm still blanking on what that one is. It had the two towers on both sides with the sniper rifles. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I got you now. What were you just saying? It was like the satellite dish in the middle. Yeah, the satellite dish. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one, not, yeah. Not Zanzibar. Well, that wasn't a satellite. Was a well, Zanzibar was amazing, too. Oh, yeah, okay. Zanzibar was great, too. It wasn't, it wasn't Zanzibar. Yeah, it was. It was Zanzibar in Halo 2. They changed the name in Last Resort in Halo 3. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Zanzibar. I, mean, I don't think there was a bad map. Like, I, they kind of forgot how to design... Halo levels after Halo 2, in my opinion, because I don't think there yeah. was a bad map in Halo 2, except for maybe Halo, like the last map pack. <laughs> Halo, oh, 3, yeah. Halo 3 had great map packs. Halo 4 had the absolute worst maps ever. And the map packs sucked too. So <laughs> I, didn't even bother, I didn't even bother buy the Halo 4 maps. I, I just, oh. I didn't like the majority of the Halo 3 maps. Really? That's I thought they one. didn't fit with the features they had because, um, there was one I specifically remember hating. It was like, kind of like basically a big green hill with the kind of some underground tunnels. Valhalla? No, not Valhalla. No, no, no. It was a smaller map. Did it have like the beach at the bottom and there was a base at the top? No, no, no. That one, the high ground. I loved high ground. I thought That's what I was going to say. That one I loved. Yeah, that was the best map. Yeah. Um, it was It was a small skirmish map. Uh, it had like – The pit. The pit, oh, the pit no, was probably was, their best map. Yeah, the pit. I know exactly what you're talking about. There was a ghost on the map. Yeah, it was like under a sniper bridge, and there was like a kind of like a forerunner structure at the top that had a. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It I used to have a blind. Well, I forget what the blind thing was called. A solar flare charge on top of it, but they got rid of that because yeah. you could glitch with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the name of that, but yeah. I can't either. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I just felt like a lot of the maps were trying to recapture something that the Halo Two maps had and didn't quite reach it, and they all felt off for that on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought like they were that. better than the Halo 4 maps by far. So looking back, I look on them fondly now. But at the time, yeah, they felt like a click down. For it really was a shame because I really did want to enjoy Halo 4 multiplayer. I, I just it really just couldn't click. I just started playing it again, and it's actually a lot better than I remember it being when I first started playing it. Did but I was change? like just started law yeah. school when that happened, so I didn't have much time to get into it. Didn't they change the weapon damage on some of the weapons there? Like they yes, increased the battle yeah, rifle. When, yeah, when Reach when Reach came out, like a no, lot. No, Halo Four. Out. Oh, Halo Four. Okay. Yeah, and Halo and Halo Four when it first came out, the battle rifle and DMR both killed in five shots, mm -hmm. but the DMR was more accurate and had higher range. So what was the fucking point of having the BR? Exactly. You know, and then they changed it so the BR was like in Halo Two where it was a four shot kill, so uh, mid range superior. So it, it completely balanced out the entire game. Is the the car changed the carbine too, didn't they? It's like seven shots instead of nine. I believe or so, but I never used the carbine. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that pretty much everything got a damage buff. Yeah, I know in Reach, the Needler got the biggest buff out of all of them. Oh, Halo Three, it was OP as shit, if I remember yeah. right. 
Yeah, the homing on it was insane. And you could dual wield it still, right? Yeah, you could. Uh, so you no, can, in three you couldn't. No. No. Okay, three, that was like three. yeah. Two was, was like, the only one you could dual wield it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Reach, reach, and four you can. It was fucking useless in two. Yeah. yeah well, Getting a kill with that in two was just kind of like a big F you to the enemy. <laughs> it was fun to use two of them because it was just like this huge pink puke just throwing it at the enemy, but like it was, it was useless for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Or the shotgun in Halo 2, the lottery cannon shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they improved oh, that. You tell who had host. Like if you had host, you were sniping people with the shotgun. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember shotgun, uh, yeah. being able to uh, get a lot of. I want to say glitch kills is probably a good way to do it. Now, it's never proficient at any other game to do it. Did any of you get good enough to do uh, You know what the BXR maneuver was? Yes. Yeah, you would. You had a fully loaded gun, and you would essentially melee, cancel the melee, and then headshot them with a battle rifle. But you could only do it with a full clip, or if you didn't have any reserve, because obviously you would start reloading. And it was insta-kills. I used to get so good at that. It was like the two-piece of its time. From like yeah. Years. Yeah, that, the, uh, the noob combo. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I love the. Yep. It, that became a fucking playlist, it wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it did. That was mm-hmm. like a staple for that whole game. Yeah, and, like if you couldn't do like those two things, you were just stuck. Pretty much, Wonder it was kind of like couldn't win. In the same way with the pistol in the first game, they kind of. I oh, mean, it was so the same idea. That was yeah. the DMR. It was the pistol was the original DMR. Pretty much, yeah. I'm glad they balanced that out. I haven't played for since they balanced that shit out. I should go back to it at some point. Well, before they balanced it, I remember uh, when Halo 2 first came out, you would dual wield pistols and you would just just shred anybody with headshots. And then they balanced it out and the pistol couldn't kill somebody with a full clip. Just yeah, they, single. You had the dual wheel or something else. They overdid it a little bit. Right. <laughs> it was still fun to use it just because the pistols looked and sounded cool, like aesthetically, but yeah. they were useless pretty much, yeah. You empty and clip so fast. Yeah. I remember reading up a couple a couple years ago that apparently the mongoose was originally supposed to be in Halo 2. Yeah. But, um, hmm. like, it, I guess, like, something it just couldn't, like, aesthetically fit with the map design, so they had to scrap it and put it in for Halo 3. There was actually a developer video for them testing out Blood Gulch with a mongoose mm-hmm. uh, that came out like right around the time the game came out. It looked cool as shit, and I was sad it wasn't in there, but then they released it in Halo 3, and I was happy again. Mm-hmm. But I agree, it wouldn't have made much sense in the game. Uh, that wasn't a vehicle-centric game. Vehicles obviously gave you an edge, but like Halo 3 was a vehicle game. Yeah. Halo, Halo 2. I specifically remember in Halo 2 on Terminal which was the one with the awesome moving train, which I don't know why they've never done things like that again. Halo 2 actually had so much more advanced maps than the later ones. Like Zanzibar had destructible environments. Mm-hmm. And a lot of maps had like you could legitimately change the way they played with like openable objects, like the uh, ca- the uh, uh, gate on the base in Zanzibar. Yeah. With the blue screen of death computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah the blue screen of death computer. <laughs> but, no, that's, that's something that wasn't appreciated at the time, I don't think, for what it did. But I mean... Right. Looking back at it, yeah, it was kind of ahead of its time, really. Right, and like the, the moving train, which which got me started on that, which is so cool, yeah. and I didn't do it. But I specifically remember being able to like 1v1 a, v, uh, a tank with a shotgun on that. <laughs> and that's how weak the, uh, um, vehicles were in comparison. But I was mm-hmm. just playing Halo 4 two nights ago on a map designed for vehicle play, and I'm still at really low level, and I don't have a fucking plasma pistol. So I was like spawning and dying instantly, and it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So they've really they've really gone all out with vehicles, and it's not a good thing in my opinion. Granted, I was playing big teams, so it's kind of part of the list, but right. nothing's more frustrating than feeling like you can't do something. Yeah, I'm kind of upset King of the Hills no longer on playlist in that. 
Like, I absolutely love King of the Hill. Uh, yeah, I did too. I don't know why they got rid of it. Yeah. Halo, Halo 2 also did something that probably ruined a lot of multiplayer games, in my opinion. And that was the inclusion of a purely Slayer playlist. Because I feel like... like no, no, I think it dumbs down gameplay. And uh, I, th- I feel like objectives give you focus. And Definitely. it gives you... It, obviously, it gives you an objective to do. And, and Halo, a lot of computer multiplayer games still had objective-based gameplay counter-strike was the most popular at the time and all that is uh you know defend from the bomb you know right but uh halo 2 started off not having a slayer playlist so if you wanted to play you had to play oddball or king of the hill or capture the flag right then they they introduced this and all of a sudden you have a playlist where 80 percent of the people were playing slayer and nobody's willing to play uh objective games and when they do play objective games a lot of people would just say, like, fuck the objective. I'm just going to kill people. You're right. For yeah. ranked playlists, they should just have – you're playing ranked, and they can give you the – you know, instead of just voting on the level, you could vote on what game type you want to play and throw Slayer into it. But don't have it as its own playlist where all the, the community is going to flock to it, and nobody's going to play anything else. Because, then I mean, everybody will be better at the other – I mean, the, the reason nobody wants to play Oddball or CTF because they hardly ever play it, and they suck at it. So if you yep. just keep throwing it into the rotation, they'll get better at it and appreciate it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm also a big – opponent to voting on playlists because it just turns into i had halo 3 match i think halo 3 had voting halo 3 matches turned into if you didn't vote for br everybody quit yeah so (laughs) halo 2 i think had it perfectly granted it had no bad maps so there was nobody to really complain about oh i don't want to play on this and the uh call of duty started the voting system and all of a sudden it turns into the same playlist or the same play type on the same map every game. Right. And I hate I hate it so much. <laughs> I mean, Reach did a good job at like having a variety of choices to vote for, but it was still it's still Wasn't Reach the veto system? No, that was that was three that had the veto system. Yeah. Oh, the veto system was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm not necessarily opposed to it as long as, you know, you're giving me a good variety of choices so that, like, you can keep it fresh no matter who's voting for what, you know. That's pretty much it. Like, if your map selection has quality, like Halo 2, then I'm then I'm all for you picking my map. But if you made yeah. some shitty maps, <laughs> I'd like to be able to vote them down. So, I, I yeah. just think voting for it just creates a toxic environment where people get mad because you didn't vote for the same thing they voted for. Well, the developer should utilize it as a, as like a tool. Like if, if everybody keeps voting down this map, obviously there's something wrong. So pull it out of the rotation and then either put something in its place, develop a new map for it. That way people can, you know, I mean, granted, there's there's, you know, problems with that, too, because in the community, which might not be very reliable for the best maps, if they're all playing Slayer, is yeah. going to downvote a, a lot of maps that might actually be good otherwise. But I mean, I think there's there's room there for where if they look at that data and see this map, nobody wants to play on it like they could, you know, remove it and put something in its place. Mm-hmm. And if they solidify that to where you had a solid selection of maps, then they could – I don't want to say take away voting because that would be – you know. but I mean the, you know, then you could rely – get a reliably good map every game. You wouldn't have to worry about it. So, Yeah, he said. <laughs> Personally, I'd be happy with completely taking away voting, but yours is a good medium. Yeah. I would – I mean I, I'd be fine with that too. It doesn't bother me too much. So, Yeah, it's what I – it's what I have. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fine actor. He, he is a very good actor. I loved him in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anything else, uh, Mike? 
Um, I'm sure I could throw out something a little later, but I figured I'd let. We still have Travis and Trevor to go. Travis, I win. Oh, oh Travis. Travis. Now it's Trevor. Yeah, Trevor and Timothy to go. Um, I'm gonna go Mass Effect too. It's a good one. I chose not to say anything Mass Effect related for mine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, too. Mass Effect Two. I mean, it, it took the Mass Effect formula, and I feel from at least a story standpoint, made it better. Um, because I did enjoy the story a lot more. I liked the character interaction because it was totally about the characters. Um, whereas I feel Mass Effect One was more of a broad story. Um, it might have it had a better overall broad story, I'd say, but the character interactions in Two were way better. It's macro versus micro, right? One's about the universe and one's about your crew. Yep, exactly. Uh, I'm going to shit on this. Do you, have any, do you want to keep going? No, you can go ahead. Okay. Mass Effect 2 is... I think it's overrated. Um, and the reason I say that Wrong. is... Well, okay. hang on. Hang on. The Wrong. story is fantastic. <laughs> the story and the character interaction, the writing, and everything with that, from a storytelling standpoint, it was you know so much better than the first game, I think. But I think they make this excuse that they sacrificed a lot of the depth, which, I mean, it was a clunky execution with Mass Effect 1, but they were onto a lot of good things with it. Um, so instead of refining that and, and you know, trying to, to, make to make it better, better I'm getting an echo now. There we go. But instead, yeah, it, I still have an echo. Uh, I didn't, are we good there now? You go. There you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> or what? Instead of yeah, instead of you know taking that and saying, well, we have a lot of hardcore fans who are in the RPGs with RPGs with depth, and we should try to fix these things that we're onto because a lot of the community, even if you read the forums and things, they were like, this is a good idea, but you guys kind of suck at implementing it, as Bioware usually does with things they're not comfortable with, like when they're out of their comfort zone, and so they, they just scrapped all of it. And said we're going to strip it down to the bare bones, and in the name of quality storytelling, give it that narrative thrust. And I thought that was a shitty excuse to dumb down a game for for a, ca- a more casual audience. Um, so I mean, as good as the story is, and as sol- I mean, the combat's it's solid. It's basically an action game with a bunch of story segments in between. You know, the, the shootouts. I mean, it's a solid game, but I felt like they dialed things back so much. It, from you know with the I mean with the Mako and with the, the, the just the equipment for all the characters See, for, and so much for, else that for me personally I'd rather have a good story and good characters than better yeah than, I guess I guess more uh, fleshed out maybe but like I almost thought like Mass Effect one was too much because like the Mako stuff wasn't very fun like right I didn't but, so. Like, uh, but they could have made it better. It was it wasn't have, that it was yeah. a bad idea. It was that it you know it wasn't good execution. So if they'd done it better in the next game, we could have got behind it. I'm with you that story a lot of times in certain games can be more important than I mean not always. In fact, more often than not, I would say it's not the case. But sometimes story, if the story is really good, you know is is front and center you know as opposed to the mechanics. But in this case, I thought Mass Effect One is a flawed but ambitious game that was onto a lot of good things. And instead of really manning up and saying let's fix this and make this what it could be and taking this really ambitious concept they had they stripped it down to the bare bones because saying well we're not good enough to make this work so let's just focus on what we're good at i mean i can appreciate that from one st- you know from from a certain perspective but yeah i, I mean thought like it- yeah like why risk trying to improve it and doing even worse the next time you know <laughs> I, but I mean, uh, I don't think they could do worse than the, as shitty as the Mako was. But again, you know, exploring all these 
planets in a in a freaking car like it's a cool idea like and, and i feel like at playing it i can see what's wrong with it i'm falling asleep that's what's wrong with it so i mean there are there's there are things they could have done to improve that the, the equipment itself i mean all you have are weapons and that's it i mean you have the armor you can equip on your guy at, at your locker or whatever but it was so just so horribly stripped down in that regard too that it was it basically felt like i said like it was only rpg in story and it, and your dialogue options and the rest of it was an action game and some people like that some people think it works better for that series i think i would have preferred it to be kind of and, and granted this is coming from somebody who is going to talk about Baldur's gate 2 in a few minutes here which is a much more in-depth experience but coming from the guys who made that i figured they were up to the task of, of you know making another fleshed out sci-fi answer to Baldur's gate 2 and that's i don't know Baldur's gate huh. i mean mass effect 2 just feels like a casual game with a great story to me I'm glad you're going to bring Borders Gate 2 up because that was one of the other ones I had in the back burner. It's like literally my favorite game of all time. Same here. Back on Mass Effect. I I think it's the perfect second game in a trilogy, in all honesty. Concentrating on the character from from that aspect is just a way to get you invested in the third upcoming title. It allows you to expand the universe through other people's experiences. Yeah, because the third game was a lot better because I cared about the characters. Yeah. Unfortunately, I almost want to knock Mass Effect 2 for nothing it did, but the fact that the reliance on those character issues and the way the game ended basically forced them to trim down the possibilities of Mass Effect 3 to, like, your party only consists of people who are, you know, still alive for sure, because there's a lot of people that, like, if you lost a Mass Effect, they didn't even bother trying to make something for Mass Effect 3, they just had, like, an extra mission if they were still alive. And they replaced it with a like a random NPC if you didn't. So almost yeah, like okay. it was so good at what it did that it ruined a lot of Mass Effect Three, in my opinion. But that's more Bioware being lazy and not willing to work around their own story. I think. Yeah, I, and I, I almost want to knock it for that. I, I definitely I, agree with you to an extent there. Yeah, I'm with you guys on like, like the story. Like they were, they were taking what they were good at. And and just saying like let's focus on this, and and pushing with that. But I, I just feel like any time that they are onto something good and they just scrap it all together, like especially Bioware, you know, it's not. I mean, it's fucking Bioware. Um, I don't know. That just kind of that bothered me that they. It felt like they were dumbing it down for a casual audience because they felt like Mass Effect One had too much going on. So it wasn't so much that they were removing things that didn't work for them. It was that they wanted to give it more wider appeal and. Yes, I, actually, yeah, go ahead. I actually like the streamlined gameplay and the inventory management system I prefer because it, it tried to be too much like a, a um, like a World of Warcraft MMO uh, when it came to going to every shopkeeper looking to see if you have something that's like a slightly better pair of pants to put on. And I think that took away from Mass Effect as a whole. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like one of those RPG tropes that we're just kind of used to. And I don't think it was necessary Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way they let you uh, slightly change certain aspects of your character through uh, different weapon management. And even though I think most of the secondary um, armors and attachments look like shit, but I actually like that streamlining. <laughs> I mean, I get, the combat it, it, itself, the uh, the way they implemented um, the adept powers, just they just felt so good that I don't want to like knock them on that i always i could not play the game if i wasn't playing the dude who had the, the like basically the charge ability yeah where i would just like jump across the room yeah, like headbutt a dude head shotgun him <laughs> keep going uh, it was so satisfacing it, it made it i mean the action scene they were more it was more visceral 
the action, but I felt like in the first game there were more there was more strategy involved. A lot of fights you really kind of had to think out what you were doing. Where in two, I mean, you could kind of even on the higher difficulties, I mean, you could kind of just bum rush everything, throw biotics here and there, and plow through it. I mean, kind of like um, I don't want to compare it to Dragon Age Two. I would never do that, but kind of in the way from Dragon Age One to Dragon Age Two, how two is just you know you spam your attack button until everything stops moving. That, that Mass Effect Two, they, they it was still I mean, at times it had that aspect where you kind of had to put a little bit of thought into it for the most part that strategic element i think they were with the first game they were trying to take you know the strategy from all their previous titles and try to make it work in a third person shooter setting and it it, obviously it was clunky and not and not perfect but i the fact that they kind of removed that that thought process altogether we had to really think out a fight and look at it as like a battlefield with positions and that kind of thing i it kind of I don't know. It took something away from it for me. I still love Mass Effect 2 as much as I'm shitting on it right now. I still think it's a fantastic game with a great story and everything. I just feel like it it bothers me that they were on to something that I think was really good with one. And and like I said, kind of dialed it back instead of really kind of thrusting forward to fix it. I I didn't really care for one's combat at all. I felt it was too much NPC play and not enough your play, which I think is why they went for the more visceral individual. Because I – I mean, if you played on the hardest difficulty on Mass Effect 1, you pretty much couldn't get through it if you weren't playing a soldier, which took away all biotic abilities. So it was basically just relying on your allies to do the pull, push, lift, all of those things. So it was just kind of hoping they did a move at the right time. And you couldn't really tell them how to do it properly because I don't know how many times I told them to do something and they would just throw it into a wall. Right, that's that, that's what I'm like. I mean, still, if you're playing as you know the the one of the weaker characters, it's, it's expected that even especially on higher difficulties, you're going to be really fragile. So you're going to have to rely more on your, you know, teammates for 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 taking the bulk to, for being cannon fodder on at, at some level. But I mean, that was that's another thing that if they, you know, that part in, in itself is okay. If a weaker character is a bit a lot more fragile on higher difficulties, but again, it's the mechanics that that suffer because then you when you're relying on teammates that have shitty AI that can't do what you tell them, then it then it all falls apart. Yeah, I, don't know. I think they just saw that it didn't really work, and I, I feel like they just thought it'd be better in the long run if they just changed it rather than trying to fix it. I guess I don't know. Like I, I just I, don't know. I, yeah, I never really they, felt like I was being strategic in it. I kind of just felt like I was just doing everything myself, hoping my allies didn't fuck me over. I don't know. Like in first game, I really did. I felt you know I would tell somebody to take cover here, and I would kind of run up to this side, and and it, like positioning and that kind of thing. It kind of it felt like it mattered more in that game. I don't know, but they're both great games. Like I said, as much yeah. as I'm saying, Mass Effect One's my favorite in the series, just because I love the story. It felt the most complete and the most satisfying. Mm-hmm. Chasing down a rogue specter felt paramount versus. Like, I don't know, the uh, Reapers always just kind of felt like a uh, in-the-distance kind of threat, and I just couldn't feel urgency about them. Right. Yeah. I felt the same way, even with the Collectors, too. It's, the collect- you don't really get contact with the Collectors until this, like, close Halfway to the, through the third, game. Yeah, yeah. third act of Mass Effect 2, really, so... Uh, the one felt like kind of like a chapter in a universe, kind of like reading a Star Wars book. You know, it wasn't like a small conflict, but it was like a, just a piece of something. Where two and three, suddenly you were like on the world stage, and everything depended on you. And, and it, it was just to go from that first one t- into that, like to just thrust it into like that. I think it felt, I don't know. I was so I was so more into uh, trying to fight off Sarek. Is that his name? Saren. 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 He was such a good bad guy. And yeah, that's the thing. He, he was yeah, he, he kind of fell flat himself too. I mean, I mean even with that, like if you, even with if that, he's better than Harbor. Actually, the uh, the prequel novel though, 
he's a bit more fleshed out. And the, yeah. the, the good thing about, you know, is uh, Drew Capretian, who wrote those, like, he wrote really good books in the Mass Effect universe. Like, those first three Mass Effect books are awesome. Like, I, the, as far as the books that support a series like that, I, I can always, like, it helps, but it shouldn't be the kind of thing you have to rely on to say, well, if you read the books, you'll appreciate it way more. I mean, if there's a problem with the game itself inherently in the story, in the writing and that kind of thing, that's a fault on the game. And, and oh, I agree, can't, yeah. Yeah, but but I mean I you know I agree with you that especially in this case with such a well developed universe with all these characters that reading the books for these games really does help. Yeah, that's that's why I always like for a while we've been hearing about a Mass Effect live action film, which I think is a very horrible idea. If you want to do anything live action with Mass Effect, make a TV series. That you would know? be awesome. I don't know. I think make a movie could be fine. It'd be Blade Runner esque. The, the thing about a movie is there's just not enough time to tell like story yeah. you need to tell for that universe whereas if it's if it's if the tv series epic it might be fine they could strip it that, that, that could work yeah i mean you're just and taking the thing a universe is too, and, and the thing is too is that if you do want to make a anything live action people aren't going to necessarily want shepherd no that's what i'm thinking I, I feel like the best option would be to be like just some random c-sec officer on the citadel and do a blade runner story on the citadel I mean, you can incorporate pretty much everything in the universe and this yeah. uh, in the political hub. Yeah, because Mass Effect is essentially an a, a more adult Star Trek, really. It is. It really is. Yeah, space I, opera. The whole thing with like uh, the the uh, live action adaptations for movies and that kind of thing. I don't know why they don't just make CG movies. Like I would so, like for Halo. Is so, like everybody's thinking about how it's going to work live action. I would watch a fucking full. I mean, they have yeah, Halo Dawn, anyway. Forward, Forward unto Dawn was amazing. I really, Halo was, Legends. Yeah. Halo Legends was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's the same way with comics too. Like the cartoon movies are so much better than most of the live action movies. They've been getting better, obviously, with some of the. Uh, uh, Marvel stuff recently, but just in general, the you can just nothing looks fake when you're doing a cartoon because it's all the yeah. same. Rather than doing people with CG, the the clash it reaches into the uncanny valley and slaps you in the face. That's about, was a problem with the Halo movie is that it was all just straightforward live action, and at the end, it, you know, Master Chief shows up and it's a big deal, and then the, the, the special effects themselves just really didn't hold up, and, it, and every every single action I, sequence is slow I, I motion in that movie. I didn't necessarily have so much of a problem with that as much as I did with Halo Legends. I, I really do think that's the only exception. I agree with you guys, but mm-hmm. in terms of Halo and Halo Legends, as in contrast to Forward Unto Dawn, that is my only exception. I thought Halo Legends was horribly done. And I, I really thought Forward Unto Dawn was the like the more superior. Was Halo ultimate. Legends the one that had like a lot of the animated shorts? And yeah, that it kind was of the thing? anime. Halo Legends was an anime. I well, saw Halo Le- Legends was more yeah. of like a comic book adaptation more than an actual full-on story. I kind of liked it for that short story-esque style they went for. I thought some of it was really good. Like there was one I watched where it was a female Spartan and they were fighting a brute somewhere and she got hit in the head with a hammer. That's all I remember because it's been a couple <laughs> of years. But but I thought it was – like it, it made me want to go play Halo. It was really well done. I even bought one of the books after I watched it. I, didn't, I never read, went back and read it. But um, I mean I can't really say much about it because it's the only one I saw. But yeah, I mean that that particular short that I watched was really good. I didn't like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jamon doesn't like anything. Oh. No. <laughs> okay, so that's uh that was my first one. My next one actually for a single player experience, it was a superior single player experience in the same year the Halo 2 came out. And I'm talking about Half-Life 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 
that's easily on anybody's list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half-Life Just to put Valve on there, right? Portal, Half-Life, all of that. To say it was a superior single-player experience to, to anything is like, what? That's like, well, shit, dude. I mean, it's fucking Half-Life. Like, <laughs> yeah, <duh. laughs> But I mean, it, oh, yeah. Go ahead. But, no, go ahead. I don't even know what the hell I was going to say. Go ahead. But I mean, yeah. I, I liked it a lot more than I liked Half-Life 1. Because I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the first Half-Life. Half-Life 1 lacked focus. Yeah, I agree with that. All over the place. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, but I, Half-Life 2 is an amazing game. Like, I just started playing it again the other day. Like, it's... And it still holds up. Graphically, too, which is a surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really well, fucking Well, that's because most people are playing it on PC. That's why. Well, even then, uh, it's... Um, 2004? 2004, yeah. That's a nine-year-old almost, game. Yeah, it's almost a decade old, and it still kind of holds up. You can't think of any other... Even computer games... I'm sure, that I'm sure Valve haven't been modded. that, too. I'm sure Valve updates that, too. So. I don't I know... That, it takes a lot to update the graphical quality of a nine-year-old game. The source the yeah. source engine is very, like, flexible. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very. You can do anything with that engine, so I have no doubt that Valve has tweaked it. It's for so many times, for so many years, to make it stand up so it can actually be playable to people who haven't played it before. Because you still have because Half Life Two isn't just, you got like a what? How many episodes? Uh, two. Three episodes? Yeah, two. Two. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah. A fun yeah. fact: I actually just uh, realized this a couple of days ago. Like, uh, uh, Merle Dandridge, she uh, did the motion capture and voice for Marlene in The Last of Us. She uh, she's actually the voice of Alex Vance. Oh shit! I didn't realize that. Huh. That is a fun fact. <laughs> Best female in video games. Probably. Oh shit! That just actually reminded me of another good sequel, um, Uncharted Two. Oh yes. Yeah. It's very and rare that, the second game in a series is the best. Yeah. That one. Yeah, definitely. Uncharted Two is the best Uncharted game for sure. And not Uncharted Three. <laughs> Uncharted Three is good if you don't compare it to Two. <laughs> yeah. It's good in its own merits, but, it, but compared to Two, it, it's just in its shadow. There's actually a sequel that I just remembered that I kind of, I'm kind of ashamed that I forgot. Um, Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. That's that's one of those games that like when it first hit, yeah, it got a really tepid reception I think from a lot of people, and then over time, like it's this huge yeah. like post postmodern game like you know satire almost. Yeah, but- you really you really like like analyzed it and really picked it apart you really tried to and you really got what kojima was trying to convey yeah in terms of his in terms of his story and how he told it with with sons of liberty like i, I mean like people always say that snake eater was the best metal gear solid and i agree snake eater was the best metal gear solid game however i think sons of liberty is kojima's baby it, yeah he wanted it to be the last game yeah yeah, it's Swan Song. I, 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 I definitely can see that. So I agree with that. I mean, there were parts of it that I thought were kind of like with uh, Vamp. I thought that was a weird parts of it were think, just kind of. I think like in, in terms of like the villains, I think Dead Cell is probably like the weakest. Like all of Dead Cell, like Fat Man, Vamp. I don't, I don't remember who else was in Dead Cell, but yeah. And uh, the whole thing with the, the hand getting cut off and being attached to. 
Ocelot, and suddenly yeah, liquid, he's... Yeah, Liquid Snake's uh, arm. <laughs> yeah, but... Over Ocelot, yeah. But everything it did about, with, with like, are we playing a game, or, or is the game playing us, that shit that happened, especially toward the end of the game. Like, if you're the really game with Psychomanus? Um... The stuff like whenever you start getting codex from like a robot voice, and suddenly Colonel Hargrove turns out to not be a, was it Hargrove? Yeah. Okay. When he turns out to you know apparently be a a computer program. I mean all of that when it, and you when you look into that and really kind of pick it apart and try to see what he was going for with that, it's like mind bending. Um, at the time, I think everybody was just so excited about Metal Gear Solid One that going into two, they're expecting you know another just stealth action romp with a really good story. So when they started going back. Snake, <laughs> and so at the end, it, it just felt like bullshit. Like, what is what is this? Why can't I just be Snake? But uh, you know, over time, like I said, it's kind of grown on a lot of people, and now a lot of people consider it. Uh, I mean, oh, I won't say a lot of people, but many people consider it to be the best in the series just because of how ambitious it ended up being with its narrative. Mm-hmm. I like the first game myself, actually, but I love them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really a huge Metal Gear guy personal that's that's stupid I, <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm just not I, I like a little game with my movie <laughs> right that was like metal gear solid 4 as a game is fucking rock solid it's there's only like three hours of it though <laughs> three a 20 hour game yeah it's like a nine hour movie with a what is, three it, what hour is game. it like the, yeah. what is it like the only ps3 game that's on a dual blu-ray because it's a 33 gig download it's not even a movie. It's like a fucking first season of something. Like yeah. cutscenes were movies. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nine, yeah, yeah. That's nine hours worth of cutscenes. Yeah, because yeah. there was like this that one cutscene that was like an hour and a half or something, and then there were like yeah, that, fifteen minutes epilogue. of gameplay and another forty-five minutes of like. Yeah, the epilogue. I heard is that a, and knew I was yep. never going to buy that game. You yeah, know what? Epi- when I was epilogue is got... two hours with a snake and big boss. Yeah, that's all two hours. Yeah. Like, if you were playing that, like, before you're on your way to work, and it's like, yeah, I beat Metal Gear, time to watch the ending. It's like, no, dude, you're not watching the ending. You better fuck off and go to work. You better come back later. I know Kojima said for the Phantom Pain he was going to die down on that. I don't under, I don't know. <laughs> but having said that, like, when I was first playing the game, I mean, I noticed the cutscenes were long, but I was still really invested in it, and, and I wasn't bored or anything. I mean, I, cu- I couldn't go back and watch all of them again, because I sit down to my game console to play a game so Aren't it's kind of like all your first run through uh no i think they're still skippable i'm pretty sure they are yeah they were all skippable all you have to do is just pause it and press skip yeah yeah i was thinking like the first run through because i know a lot of games did that where you couldn't skip the first time you played it no i'm pretty you could definitely skip them i mean unless if it's unless it's metroid other in which case you can never skip them <laughs> never got to play that it looked it was bad Shit. it was bad real bad it was Team Ninja that did that too, wasn't it? Yeah. With, without uh, shit, what the hell is his name? Itagaki. Itagaki, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Itagaki got the right idea and jumped ship. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that didn't really work out for him because I think he was doing a game yeah, for THQ, yeah. wasn't it? And THQ dropped him, <laughs> yeah. so like now, he, now his game is just in limbo right now. Yeah. Along with Guillermo del Toro's insane. Mm. Yep. And anything else, Trevor? Um, let's. I think it's from Half Life to that anyway. Let's, uh, oh, Javon, you brought up Metal Gear. That's right. Okay. Anyway, let's let's go with uh something outside the box. Oh, brother, The Sims Two. All right, I could see that. I never played The Sims games. Uh, yeah, I've never. You know what? Like I've played Sim City. But the Sims, did. like I can yeah. hardcore play The Sims for like a week and then I'm done. Like there are people that will sit there and like play The Sims over and over and over and over, like. And that's all they play. But like, 
for that week, like it's a great game. And I agree. Yeah, and it sucks yeah, you in, yeah. and you can't get away from it. I, I have a friend. I have a friend who like she showed me like she has like her copy of The Sims, and then she's got and then she breaks out her drawer, which has about sixteen, seventeen Sims expansions. <laughs> it's it's pretty. Like I, I never knew that game had so many expansions. Yeah, like it's so much stuff to do. The Sims is very good about milking the diehards for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Sims pets. Yeah, but but at the same time, like Sims Two was a was a great game. It and improved upon like everything of the original. Uh, lets you go into like neighborhoods and stuff like that, and and I think they did a good job with it. Um, but it's it's one that not a lot of people would probably think of. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, there's not much. It's not much you can really say about The Sims because it's The Sims. We could just nod in agreement. It's like, yeah, yeah, go Sims. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Eric Eric talked about Red Dead Redemption, which Mm -hmm. was far superior to Red Dead Revolver in every way. But it was they were. Could you call that a sequel? I I I always call that more of a spiritual successor. They take place in the same universe, and I guess that's. For most people, that's pretty much all the criteria you need to consider something a sequel. Okay. So, uh, but, well, mean, then again, then again, if you want to go by that logic, then Shadow of the Colossus could be a sequel to Ico, and it's not. Like Ueda said, that that's more of a spiritual successor. So, um, with those two being that they're 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 so I would say different. Uh, I mean, granted, Red Dead and Red, Red Devolver and Red Dead Redemption are different too, but they're both westerns about guys shooting guns. So, with yeah. that, as much as it expands on that, with the free roaming and the storytelling and all that, I could see how those two could you could kind of you know accept that. Whereas with Eco and Shadow of Colossus, they're very different games that just happen to take place in the same universe. Just constant reminder: we're never getting the Last Guardian. Yeah, ever, never gonna happen. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Anything else, Trev? Um, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, the sequel to Resident Evil four, uh, (laughs) shadows of the the damned was, was a great sequel to Resident Evil four. You mean code Veronica? (laughs) No, I'm talking about shadows of the damned. It was a, it was a great sequel to Resident Evil (laughs) four. It was the same creator and they play very similar. Well, (laughs) he he was more of a producer, pseudo 51. Yeah, I know. I'm just fucking around. Um, the yeah, uh, Burnout Revenge. All right, I can see, yeah, fuck I yeah, dude. I like I, uh, three better. I, actually, yeah, I like but, three's my all-time favorite. I don't know. I uh, Revenge had a lot of things going for it that were ahead of its time with like the video recording stuff and yeah. and that sort of thing. Par- like, Paradise is a close second for me because I I I I'm in the minority when I say Burnout Paradise was awesome. I think it would have been better. I mean, it's kind of the wrong way to do a racing open world. Like, there's no way to restart races or to quick travel. Yeah. It's like it when you when you lost a race, it felt like a punishment, which is not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I I don't really have anything. Fuck yes, I do. Oh jeez. WWF No Mercy. <laughs> oh. It was a sequel to WrestleMania 2000. And it was way better. How do we know it was really a sequel? Because it was it was the next wrestling game. Okay. And it and it I was it was built off the same engine. And everything, so. <laughs> Smackdown okay. versus Raw 2011. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. But but yeah, No Mercy was probably the wrestling game that's most fondly remembered, and it and it was oh, a really good game. And the the story mode was really cool at the time. Um, and was gameplay. That N64? 
What's that? Was that N64? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was that was some awesome shit back in the day. I liked Warzone. I don't know. God damn it. Warzone was fucking terrible. I actually liked it, it a was lot. Bad. WCW, really sorry. WCW versus NWO Thunder. That was terrible, too. That was real fucking bad. <laughs> I have no authority here. I, I don't even. All right, guys, we're turning this into the me and Jovan talk about wrestling games. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Timothy, what's your favorite sequel? Right. Um, are you done, Trevor? Yeah, I'm done. All right, good. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Baldur's Gate 2, we mentioned. I should probably just throw out a couple more before I get into that. Uh, Guitar Hero 2 actually made it onto my list Um, it's a dead genre now obviously but i think that was the game that more so much more so than the first you know incorporating a second guitar for co-op play uh made a huge difference uh the song it became like such a huge part of pop culture with the second game i mean radio stations were playing like the guitar hero hour vh1 and mtv had like the guitar hero video blocks um and just everybody was music yeah (laughs) um but uh, yeah, I, I, and I fucking thoroughly enjoyed it myself. I was really good at it. So um, yeah, that that actually that, that was one that kind of just popped into my head that I thought, yeah, that was actually a pretty badass game. Um, in, in that same vein, DDR2. That's the DDR, only DDR I ever played, and I loved it. DDR never got into it. It was too much uh, work. <laughs> I don't like to move my fingers. <laughs> like, that's like I'm, I'm horrible at the real guitar, I, I, but I, I can lo- fucking tear it up with the plastic I one. I loved DDR when I was younger. Yeah, if I was like 50 pounds lighter, I'd probably be into it. But uh, you know. <laughs> that was a game I had. I had like DDR parties I went to in high school. It was some good times. And then but, uh, we discovered so, alcohol and DDR doesn't mix with that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it no. could. I don't think so. I, you only have well. people throwing up all over your house. <laughs> yeah, that's not my kind of party. Like, let's, let's, let's all just hammer back. Sounds like a dead man's party. Let's, let's paint the walls. <laughs> but. Uh, my, my next one after that would be Resident Evil 4, which took, you know, pretty much, a, I think at that point, almost a dead genre. And it took a shitty mean, game and made it good. Basically, yeah, because I, I was writing. really shitty, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, like, I'm writing it. I'm writing an article on, on uh, the top 10 sequels for me. And it, the way I worded it there is that it's kind of like driving a T-34 tank down a narrow hallway. And the only way you can shoot the enemy in the head is by aiming straight up at the ceiling until they're a foot away. So they were they were good games for atmosphere in a way, I guess. I mean, the writing wasn't great. The voice acting was shit. Uh, I really don't know why those games were loud. Let's just put it that way. Like, four is the the, only good entry in that series. At the time, you know, they were the only thing that was like it as far as you know, playing a scary game for the most part. I mean, they were Silent Hill. Silent Hill, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, back then, I guess everybody was just like, man, I've got a shotgun and I'm fighting zombies and this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but then you know, once 4 comes out, I think that was when everybody realized, man, those games sucked. They were really bad. And, and then 4, I mean, more than that, more than just breathing life into this, you know, stale series, it, it's just like the quintessential action game of certainly of its generation and one of the best games ever made i mean that early sequence i mean that that's when you're in the farm village and you're you know holding up in a building trying to oh, keep the fuck, villagers dude. out the first time Where's i got my head cut off going? by the chainsaw i wasn't even was, pissed yeah. i was just like holy fuck that is awesome oh my god <laughs> that, i just got my head chopped yeah. off by a fucking chainsaw this like, is everybody going bingo <laughs> 
that particular part for me, just that sequence, I think that's still probably the best designed action sequence in any game I've ever played. Uh, just the way it, everything's just coming at you, coming through the windows. You can kick down ladders to kill people. You can shoot the chainsaw guy in the head and run up and kick him. And there's another barn you could run. There was just so much shit going on in that sequence. And the combat was just so fucking good in Resident Evil 4 with the context-sensitive roundhouse kicks and suplexes and the weapon upgrade system. So every time you, I mean, went to the, the shopkeeper in the new chapter, you're looking forward to the merchant, and he himself. What are you buying? Right? Like, what I mean, are you they're buying? Just, I could what keep going. <laughs> I'll buy that. Oh, you, you brought it up. I think I think uh, Silent Hill 2 is just one of the, was probably the best scary survival horror game ever made. Like, the I, opening to that game, where yeah. you're just kind of, like, spending a half hour in a forest, and it's kind of eerie and creepy, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear, like, footsteps in the distance. And yeah. then you stop, and then half a second later, the footsteps. I've never been more creeped out by a game. I think that, yeah, Silent Hill 2 is probably as good for horror as Resident Evil 4 is for action. Like they're almost- I, I will say this, though. Um, Resident Evil 4 has been on a lot of platforms, virtually every platform under the sun. However, I will say that the Wii version is the, it's the definitive version to play Resident yeah. Evil 4 on. That sweet controller? Yes. <laughs> the, the Wii version is the best to play Resident Evil 4 on. It I is. I agree. Um, but other than Resident Evil 4, the, I guess the next one, I, what else? anything else I want to say before? No, not really. I, I have Red Dead on that list too, but we talked about that a bit already. So, um, yeah, Baldur's Gate 2 is definitely my number one, not just sequel, but uh, game ever made, period. Um, it's It took everything that made the first game wonderful. You know, it had decent characters that weren't they weren't that interesting in the first game um it had a good, really good story with a great villain and the <laughs> combat itself i mean a saravok is a great <laughs> and then the combat itself was just so it, it, it's it, it's i mean it's D is what it is with dice rolls and everything in the background but it, it just plays out like oh shit i don't remember any characters more fondly than i do minsk right minsk and boo dude he's my fucking oh yeah they haven't had a throwback to him in uh mass effect too yeah, when you, you go into your cabin and you see the space hamster. That which was weird that Mass Effect Two had more nods to Baldur's Gate than uh, Dragon Age did. Yeah, because Dragon Age is supposedly the spiritual successor to well, Baldur's that Gate. That entire game was a nod to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, basically, but it had I mean here and there it had like the loading screen that said uh, "Go for the when all else fails, go for the eyes." Yeah, and there was a woman in a tavern named Edwina, and she was wearing a red cape, so that was a nod to Edwin. But I, st- I still quote uh, Khalid from Baldur's Gate One. Whenever um, I'm playing other video games and I have to run away, the better part of Valor, the better part of Valor. That's my favorite uh, line ever. Every character, like in either one, I mean, especially in two, but in either one of those games, is just so memorable. Like I think back on that, and I, it got to the point like I remember them as almost like real people because you just adventure so much with them, you have so much dialogue with them where you really have. And it wasn't just like Mass Effect where it gives you a little radial menu with a couple of words, which seemed like a good idea at the time. But in Baldur's Gate, you had fully fleshed out responses, so you really felt like you were. You Five, were six, used seven. to that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and with, I mean, you could build relationships with those characters and they became your buddies. I mean, you could romance characters like Eri, Viconia. Um, and, you could well, I mean, Fire, Fire, Fire Emblem Awakening does that very yeah. well. It, yeah. I think it's the first game where you could be gay. Could you be gay in Baldur's Gate 2? Um, yes. With and Um, Viconia. Oh, with the lesbian. Yes, you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, I forgot about that. I, I never played as a female in Baldur's Gate. I never did either, but I need to do it. <laughs> I studied but, the strategy guide. 
<laughs> I, I, I have it too. I bought it twice because my first one got I, torn. I have two of them. Right. <laughs> so one yeah, of yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I did read somewhere that Fable wasn't the first game where you could actually have that kind of option. I just never. Yeah. Well, yeah. I never played Baldur's Gate before. My first, my first real Bioware game was Knights of the Old Republic, and then Jade Empire. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with Baldur's Gate at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like the. I think it's the definitive Bioware game to this. I mean, the definitive RPG. Go on, to this. go on, good old games and, and buy it. Yeah, dude. Whatever. <laughs> it's, like 10 bucks. it's amazing. It's ridic- I'm, I'm ridiculous. I'm playing through it again right now, actually. I'm this close to play. I'm playing through the enhanced edition on Steam right now for the first game. Yeah. Um, I was planning on playing through that, and then by the time I finish it, hoping that the second one would be out at I, this point. I'm right at the final boss, uh, Saravok, and, and it's such a it's such a BS fight that I don't even want to finish it. It is like I was always tempted to just buy a wanted monster summoning. And you just, didn't do that cheesy. <laughs> yeah. You just load yeah. like waves of gnolls you do to send in and you just pick them off with bows. But yeah. I, I want to do it the manly way when I finally get to it. But right. with two, I mean, and then on top of the great characters like Minsk, Corrigan, Moen, all these characters that I just I feel like I, I know as people. I felt so whiny, but she was supposed to. There wasn't anything <laughs> wrong with that. Right, and then and two, like, did you ever listen to her dialogue with Corrigan, where they just fucking rip into each other, and then at the end of it, they're like, "You're actually, you're all right. I like you." Like, she was the only character I that he liked. Both of them in the character. In the, in oh character my god! At the same time. Corrigan I was actually, the catalyst for. Like, I got into a problem in that game. Is every time I played through it again, I fell in love with the character so much. I always wanted the same team. <laughs> I did over, the same. And, over and over again. I always had to have like Minsk, Jahira, Edwin. Um. Oh, I, shit. Uh, the. The. Who the hell is the um, uh, the Tifling? Uh, uh, oh shit! Uh, Air Delise. Air Delise. Yes, I always had to have like those guys. And I always killed him because whenever I would get he and Airy, you know, party he'd read her poetry, and I got pissed about it. And then he challenges <laughs> you to a duel, like when they yeah. They you, up, well, whenever you were in a uh, whenever you were in a romance with, if you weren't in a romance with uh, Ares, he would go in a romance with her. Yeah, and I wasn't having that, so I yeah. I splattered him with my claymore. It was awesome. I, I actually had uh, one of my favorite moments. It felt so satisfying. Um, I don't know. Do you remember? It's in the bridge district, and you have to give a rogue stone to a locked door to unlock it. And you go into a, a party. It's like six mages and a beholder and a lich and yes. like a little tiny room. It is probably the single hardest fight in the entire game. Do you know what room is, I'm talking about? Is that the – yes. Is that right before a lich fight, or is that where you get a part of Kangax? Um, no, but it's where you get the most powerful mage staff in the game, the one where you could like click on to turn yourself invisible. Staff of the Magi. Yeah, that thing's yeah, I, so OP. But yeah. I got in there, and all my characters had, like, no health. I, I got down to, like, one, the Beholder left, and, you know, those things are fucking assholes. Yeah, and I, like I was a machine gun. I was in a love a story with Ares at the time, mm-hmm. and I'm just, like, in a corner, just, like, hiding. Like, I don't know how to fight this. And all of a sudden, she she uh, interacts with me and goes into the love scene dialogue, which lets me <laughs> rest and regain all of my health and all of my spells. Oh, <laughs> so shit, just, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, well, you 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 could set that up so resting gives you full. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. But did you, was it like in the middle of that same room where you were fighting? That I that wasn't happened? in the fight at the time. I had retreated back to the entryway. Oh okay. So they were in the darkness, and I wasn't. I couldn't rest because they were still too close. But when she talked to me, she was like, "Hey, you want to fuck?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> He's paraphrasing. But <laughs> yeah, I'm paraphrasing. That's <laughs> fuck. Hey. Hey, you want to go at it? But it's, I'm like three inches away from like six dead bodies and a giant beholder. Mm. And I, there's no possible way of me beating this. And I get to sex to win. <laughs> it was one of and, the things that ever happened to me. And on top of the characters, you have the, the villain, fucking John Aranicus. Best I think, character. 
ever. Yes. Like, I can't imagine him without a voice now. No, like I mean, he he defined. He might, I'm not gonna say he defined that game, but damn, he, I mean, he certainly defined the fucking story. Like he was he was the main character of the story in a roundabout way. And um, I mean, every dialogue you have with him is just so so well written, so well voiced. It's just, ugh. Like the more I talk about the game, I just want to fucking. I just want to go play it right now, actually. Um, the opening, uh, like right when you leave the first dungeon, he yeah. gives like a speech to the cowed wizards. I cannot remember what it's called, but it gives me tangles every time I hear it, like right before he kills everybody. You will suffer, you will all suffer. Oh, he says, uh, you dare to attack me here. Do you even know who you may face? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, you will suffer, you will all suffer, and everyone just starts exploding. Oh my god, it's so amazing. <laughs> and you just know it's like, oh my god, that guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. And then he <laughs> takes Mo in with him, and then that's when the game really fucking, oh my god, I have to play it. Like, ugh. Like, I haven't, <laughs> Dude, I haven't played it. Run so the through a co-op, me and you. It's fucking right, dude. I, I was thinking about doing a solo run or maybe like two characters at some point. Oh. But it's hard to do that in that game because the characters are so great. Yeah. Like you, we don't have to do a solo run. Well, we can talk about this after the podcast. For true, sure. true, yeah. We're um, having so many nerdgasms right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do I have anything else to say about Water's Gate 2? Is there anything else? That, what didn't I say? The fucking dragon battles? Like, like oh. I mean, you you I fight dragons. Better than Skyrim's dragon battle. Yes. Oh, way better. Infinite. I looked up Arenica's codes. I love this one. I cannot be caged. I cannot be controlled. Understand this is you die, ever pathetic, ever fools. Right? He was just so fucking uh, hardcore. Yeah. But a dragon battle. The, the dragon battles actually have context in that game. Um, like there's a guy who was. If you played the first game, you're a uh, Go Ryan's ward, who was a harper. Which, if you know anything about the Forgotten Realms universe, they're kind of like the uh, mystical police force. I guess you say yeah. they kind of try to keep. A good and evil in check but um there's a dragon who is like a lord of a territory or something like that who's like trying to get revenge on you for something go ryan did like before the games even started mm-hmm. and like it, it just sets off one of the one of the best series of um uh dungeon crawling in the entire game uh you get if you if you end up killing him you actually get some of the best gear if you're a paladin and it enables uh, uh we didn't even talk about um uh, the class-specific um, strongholds. Yeah, no, whatever class you're playing through, you had like a unique quest that was just that was all yours. And then you had, as you said, the stronghold where you actually store your shit and rest there. And unique missions. Yeah. Although none of them felt quite as fleshed out as the fighter one did, where you got the Dinar's hold. And you had to defend it from like attackers and and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, you did like legit lording. Like, hey, this guy's stealing from you, and you'd be like, why are you stealing from him? It's like, well, my mother's sick. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, there's, I did, there's like little things like that you do throughout, and then it like comes into a some lordling wants to attack your place. None of them quite felt that fleshed out, but they were all fun and interesting. Right. I, I think the, the bard one might have been my favorite. As good as the fighter one was, and as much <laughs> I like said it was. He bar- plays off to you, and you had yeah. Oh, that was so hard. I never got it right. <laughs> oh, um,. But yeah, the dragon. What he was talking about, the dragon battle. Like the guy is a human, and he and you go through his dungeon, and you get to the end, and it turns out he's a dragon. And then you you don't have to fight him when you first go through. He just talks to you about it, and he's like, "Well, I'm surprised you made it this far. So whatever, you can just leave if you want." But um, no, if you come back, I'll slaughter you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the soundtrack, even. I mean, it's not quite up to snuff with like Icewind Dale and stuff like that. But I mean, the dragon theme at least is fucking like. You- you know you're getting yeah it's it's a good epic tone when you're fighting a dragon yeah and the opening the opening uh notes like right when you open the game do, 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 do. yeah 
it's, it's, it, they always come off so much louder than the rest of the game, and that's intentional. Yeah, it's like I every time you, you fire it up right there in the early in the morning, it's like fuck, you got to turn it down right away because it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I could talk forever about yeah, Baldur's Gate. I, I like feel like we could have an entire podcast on this, and everybody else is probably just like, I have no idea what. Is everybody about. awake right now? Anybody else? <laughs> Oh, yeah. still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Gross. Oh, you're still there. Okay. Gross. What do you think about Baldur's Gate 2? Go ahead. I've never played it. <laughs> We're done. I don't know what the fuck it's about. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, uh, I guess that, that, that should do be it. But, you, guys uh, yeah, Baldur's played, you guys played earlier, earlier Bioware games like Neverwinter Nights and Shattered Steel? Because yeah. I've always been... Yeah, Neverwinter yeah. Nights came out after Yeah, Never Yeah, Neverwinter Nights, it, it was great for the mod tools, and some of the stories that people made were really awesome for that game, but the regular story wasn't very good. Yeah, coming off it, of Baldur's It didn't have was... any characters, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah, that was like, kind of the problem. Like, it had mercenaries you could hire, but there was like no party system. Two, two actually was a better sequel in the story standpoint, I would say. Mask of the Betrayer, no. the sequel to two, or the uh, expansion to two, was really, really good. Actually, I mean, it was well, not Obsidian quite. Did Obsidian yeah. did that. Obsidian did that. Yeah. Yeah, they did all, all three. Yeah, the, that and then Storm is a Hero was the second expansion. wasn't that good? But Mask of the Betrayer, the, the first expansion for Neverwinter Nights two, was actually, I would say, you know, maybe on par with Baldur's Gate one in terms of story and character and that kind of thing. Um, not quite up to you know with two, but uh, that was a really underrated expansion. It's it's kind of like a a cult classic now. But um, yeah, nothing else. I mean, c- kind of after Baldur's Gate, Kotor was like their only. Yeah, I remember know, Icewind Dale, like, and that wasn't uh, terrible, but it was kind of eh. it, it felt like it was made for multiplayer it is it, it definitely is yeah i mean if you play it through it all the way they have genuinely good stories and i mean the, the combat is obviously the, it's like Baldur's gate meets diablo basically it's nothing but fighting and being able to create your whole party from scratch and just march them through the spine of the world <laughs> killing orcs and goblins and dren like it was, it, was it was so easy to cheese it though you could like once you got good gear you could save your character and import them six times and get a whole bunch of gear to sell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I if you did that, then you're. <laughs> I did that. I did that once or twice because I didn't really care for the game so much. So it was just like, what can I do to have more fun? And that was just <laughs> one of the ways to do it. Two was really good as well, actually. It, uh, it they changed the interface up, and it actually was. I think it ran off third edition rules, which was kind of a. A change of pace, but I mean the story was quality, and the fights in two are the biggest fights in any of the Infinity uh, Infinity Engine games. So, and then there's Planescape Torment, which was not done by Bioware. That was a Black Isle. Yeah, Icewind Dale was also Black Isle too. I yeah, think. yeah. The only yeah, ones they, the they used Bioware's they used Bioware's oh. Infinity Engine, but mm-hmm. didn't Black Isle do the Fallout games? Yes, they did. Which we didn't mention any of those because I think they just got better as time went on. Yeah, I would say Fallout 3. I mean, as much as I love the original Fallout, Fallout 3 is probably my favorite Fallout still. I wish I could combine the gameplay improvements of Fallout New Vegas with the Fallout 3 story. I agree. Because the, story, the, the, like, the, the missions were just so much more epic in Fallout 3. You know, it, it seems like that's that's kind of the thing that happens with Obsidian sequels, is that the gameplay is better, but the story isn't. Yeah. Bioware has great writers, but and Obsidian has great, I guess, you know, designers. Yeah. So yeah. Kotor two, Kotor two had better gameplay than. Kotor. I agreed, but the story was way better in the first Kotor. So. Yep, it makes yeah. perfect it was so sense. Nuanced and everything was so nuanced to Fallout Three. I remember a mission. You start out by getting like deliver this letter to my family, and then it's like, oh, my family's dead. Figure out what happens, and then it's like my sister's been kidnapped by underground vampires it turns yeah. out she's a vampire and she killed her family it's like this is escalating and right that is whereas great. the obsidian game it was basically deliver this letter to my family quest complete mm-hmm. <laughs> and obsidian is made up of people who were formerly uh black isle mm-hmm. yeah 
like Fergus Urquhart. He was the the head of Black Isle and the, like the lead designer on Icewind Dale and stuff. So those three <laughs> companies are all kind of just intertwined for all eternity. Yeah, playing through New Vegas, I loved it because I could get through the entire game without killing anybody myself. Like mm-hmm. I had I, my uh, either my ally would kill them or I could talk or science my way through a situation. But Fallout Three, you couldn't do that, and allies didn't feel nearly as useful. Yeah. And I, on top of that, I kind of wanted to kill everybody in, in New Vegas because I could aim down the sights. <laughs> like that was such a that made such a big difference for me with the combat. But once you got max level, it was oh, so Fallout satisfying 3. to take yeah, like, the most powerful sniper and just behead Death Eaters or Death yeah. Rocks, that was. Good one. Like, didn't uh, Fallout Three have Oblivion's engine, like the the same engine? So, like, I guess Obsidian like modified that engine somehow, some way. Because yeah. I, I definitely noticed it in the physics a little bit. In the physics and then the, the uh, like the, the character models and all that, it definitely looked like somebody dropped a bomb on Oblivion on Tamriel. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely the same. So yeah, it's it's a wonder that they were able to actually get that. I mean, it, it feels a little bit clunky. They make it on the sites in New Vegas. You can tell it's not like hardwired into the engine, so to speak. But uh, it, it still worked. I mean, it was, you know. Yeah, because yeah. Obsidian, they also did a Dungeon Siege 3, which I thought had, was a great game in terms of gameplay. It had great gameplay. Dungeon Siege 3? They did that? Yeah, Dungeon Siege 3. Yeah, that's right. I was really disappointed in Dungeon Siege 3. I, yeah, I was too, kind of. I, I thought, I mean, it was it, it was interesting. That's for, you know, console hack and slashes usually are, you know, flawed but interesting stabs at the Diablo formula. But I, I like the original two dungeon sieges were basically party-based diablo um and and dungeon siege 3 kind of wasn't it like pretty much you picked one hero and kind of ran through with that yeah okay i, I thought it was all right i, I it wasn't yeah. eh. and i like preferred the first two the square enix published that i totally forgot Oh shit! I don't. I don't know if they published the first two. I had no idea. Obsidian that that might have been an IDOS thing. They might have picked. Yeah, yeah, IDOS. Yeah, IDOS. What? I, I always forget. Or when they bought IDOS. Yeah, I always forget. That's that Square owns those people now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I have to say about probably everything at this point. Because yeah, I think. <laughs> We had our Borders Gate 2 hour. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles for me. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know if anyone here is Sonic fans, but... I, re- I, I really like Knuckles, Sonic and 3. Or, that was the one you could actually put something at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That was so unique. I wish more games would try something like that. Granted, you don't have cartridges anymore. Right. So. Well, uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons had that connecting. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's true. Couldn't you trade something... I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. It's been years since I played the Oracle games. I didn't buy them for the 3DS yet. I did. I bought them when they were like five bucks a piece. (laughs) There was something you had to do to get like perfect completion, and I do not remember what it was. It was connecting the games in some way, but I don't remember what you traded. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's it's interesting that that it did something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yeah. Yeah, I get behind that. I I enjoy them. down with that. I can't remember them that well because I was like nine. But I thoroughly enjoyed them. Nine-year-old Tim was all about it, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was when Sonic was actually good. So Yeah. Right. I was also say Wind Waker. Lost World looks so promising. It really does. Like, it, it seems like the Super Mario Galaxy to the Sonic. 
Yeah, like, it's really it's really kind of sad when you say that a Sonic platformer is more promi- looks more promising than a Mario platformer, but that that's that's just Man, the way. Man, that yeah. Super Mario looks stupid. Uh, it's not that it looks stupid; yeah. it's just incredibly <laughs> safe. It's like, the same Nintendo, fucking thing as the goddamn like, 3DS one. It's like yeah, like Nintendo took no chances with this, not at all, and it's fucking disappointing. Like I, heard, I was, anyway, I, I was blown there. away. I was blown away when I first saw Galaxy. Like I was just blown away by what they were managed to do with it, and I, I just this. I don't know what this is. And I, I think the story of Nintendo is, man, it's fucking disappointing. <laughs> man, if only oh, they would make Smash original oh, games Smash. so they could actually sell things or whatever the dude said. Well, look, Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. What was that thing that they said that, that uh, Awada said? Like, well, n- nobody trades in Nintendo games. That's how you combat people trading in your games. No, it's, it's like, like make a new. They should, companies or developers should concentrate on making new games rather than making sequels. Is what he said. Yeah. Didn't he say something about? He, he said both. Nintendo actually, games? yeah. Yeah, he said both. Yeah, he said both. Like, yeah, people don't trade in Nintendo games. That's like you can, plus, plus the whole <laughs> reason people don't buy Nintendo games. The whole reason, like they they were talking about on the Wii, how their games stay fifty dollars for so long, is they're like. Well, we don't feel that the people who buy it day one should be penalized by having people buy it like six months down the line and have to pay a cheaper price because we feel uh, the quality of our game, blah, 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 blah. The whole point that I was... We don't have HD. (laughs) The point that I was getting at was when he said that nobody trades in Nintendo games and that's a sign of the quality. No, dude, it's because there's like nine good games on your system and you made all of them. That's why they're keeping them. There's some third-party gems. I mean, some like like not yeah, even. Yeah, but I mean, you have to like fucking really dig for those gems. Like, like I gotta dig in my pocket for those third-party gems. But I mean, I like, <laughs> I mean, like like a little like Little King Story. I thought that was a solid game. No more heroes. Um, no more heroes was pretty good. What was that? Mad, Mad World. World that, yeah, I mean, Mad there World. are good games, but it's like there's so much shit. Like otherwise, like it's an it's, a, it's like it's the fucking the, Android app store. Like just the shovelware. Like, exactly. Shovel like that was the biggest problem with the Wii. It's like everybody's like, man, this thing sold a fuck ton. Let's just make all these shitty games because we can use last gen hardware and it's not going to cost that much to make. And we'll just throw these out there and and fucking see what sticks to the wall. Maybe people will buy them. And it's because everybody and their grandma wanted to bowl. Yeah, and that was the biggest problem with the Wii is like so many Wii systems sold, but like nobody bought any games beyond Wii Sports because <laughs> they bought a bowling exactly. machine. Exactly, buy a game console. Yeah, it was it? It was lightning in a bottle. I mean, Wii Sports was lightning in a bottle, but I mean, like you need more than that. Yeah, and and they couldn't replicate that with the Wii U. That was the biggest problem. They came out with Nintendo Land, which was pretty shitty. Um, and then and Wii Sports Two. Yeah, like. That's what they should have done, and that actually probably would have done a lot better. Um, I don't think it would have done better a second time around. Not with like, not with all the crap that we got for Move and Connect now. Maybe it, not. It, it just, um, but I think maybe if they, maybe not necessarily that, but if they would have packaged a better game with their system at launch, like even if it was New Super Mario Brothers Two or Wii U or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, you know that that would have been. They, they did have a Zombie U bundle. Yeah, but you know what? Zombie U is is pretty niche for that system, and it's not yeah. and it's not something that everybody can recommend. Like if you go in a GameStop, and yeah, like the average consumer goes into a GameStop and asks a couple of the GameStop guys what they think of Zombie U, they might have very differing opinions. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's not great. That was that was a that was a very polarizing game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, if they would have put like you know New Super Mario Brothers or you know. 
they had something else to throw out there, like that was better. I mean, I, I think it would have done better. So, mm-hmm. but but the biggest problem is that the system just doesn't have any fucking games. So, not going to for a while either. That's also I was yeah like I was exp- I mean I kind of figured Smash Brothers would be next year. I did expect Bayonetta two to be this year. I was very they're they're pretty much shit in the bed right now and. Yeah, and the only thing they got really coming out is like Pikmin, and Pikmin's not going to sell systems. Like, it's going to be a great game, but it's not going to fucking sell systems. That's for- the people who are going to buy Pikmin already have. I'm trying to think. Probably. I'm trying to think yeah. though. Like, people are saying like, what isn't going to sell systems? Like, what would sell that system? It's like, maybe a thing. Zelda. Like, the Zelda might be the only thing at this point because like those diehard Nintendo fans are like they already have a Wii U. So mm-hmm. I've already said that the only thing that could probably convince me is a Zelda and. If it's if it's another Skyward Sword, I won't buy it. Yeah, before. like that's the thing. Like Skyward Sword was just uh and it and Skyward Sword didn't do good. Um that was Oh, it sold amazingly well. It, it was it, received but it, very but well. But sold, I, amongst amongst hardcore Zelda fans, Skyward Sword was not But it also well, it sold, sold because less they didn't know how bad it was. Them. So and I've said this before, like, I don't think Wind Waker deserved the HD remake just because of its art style. Like, it's a very timeless game, and it's aged so well over the years. I really do think that Majora's Mask or Twilight Princess should have gotten the HD treatment over Wind Waker. I would agree with that, yeah, because Wind Waker still holds up if you – yeah. it's still a beautiful Oh, game. man, Wind Waker was Wind fucking Waker. amazing. Like, everybody bitched about Wind Waker when it – like, when it was like, it looks like a kitty game. But dude, whatever. The first time you see one of those bombs blow up, it's like that looks fucking cool as shit. Nobody yeah. understood how technical that was. There's there's not a single game that has more under the hood when it comes to the way it was designed than Wind Waker's art. They released they released a video of it. Like there like the water itself had like eight different layers that interacted to make it look the way it did. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just phenomenal. And I mean, it was and it was that, yeah. it looks HD today. It does. It was a testament to the GameCube's hardware, which is why, you know, Nintendo really dropped the ball in the Wii U's power. I I disagree with that. It was a testament to the utilization of mediocre hardware. They used everything perfectly. The GameCube GameCube was more powerful than the PS2. It wasn't as powerful as the Xbox, but it was. It it was, but, I mean, if you're you're saying that that's the reason that Wii needed to be in HD – the Wii was still more powerful than the GameCube was, and nothing. I don't think anything on the Wii looked as good as that Wind Waker did, just because the Wind Waker was no, that phenomenal. No. They 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 did everything brilliantly, and I want those guys to make the next uh, Zelda game. Whoever the hell did that? I don't know though. It, it, I just feel like it shouldn't just be down to a Zelda game. I I really do think that you know there needs to be something else that really pushes this console to because it's pretty right, here's the thing i mean we're talking about sequels like nintendo is the worst at it like they're they, creative because they that's all they do yeah it's sequels. it's just creativity overload and they and they're just running out of stuff in the tank and, and, and which is why i was kind of i was kind of sort of relieved when miyamoto said when he quote unquote retired so he can you know focus on creating new franchises by himself, you know, because he can develop games, develop brand new games, and he would leave his well-established franchises in the hands of his younger developers. And I guess that didn't really fall through all the way because he's still heading the the development department of that company. So, I mean, I, I don't know where they plan on going with this generation. I, with this, I, I don't. 
They're in they're in a really dire situation because if the Wii U doesn't do well this year, and it's not because the PS4 and the Xbox One are coming out, and you have you know the Xbox 360, which is way more value as well as the PS3 than buying a Wii U right now. Like I mean, it, it's there's no point to buy a Wii U compared to the any of the any four of those systems. So it's hey guys, my headset's about to die, so I'm back out of here. Okay. All right. Okay. Peace. But uh, but yeah, Nintendo has a lot of problems. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if they're if they're aware of all their problems or aware of how to. Well, unfortunately, after that point, we did get technical difficulties, so we couldn't continue the episode. But we pretty much finished our sequel talk anyway, and it just went a little bit off the rails. And how much we. Uh, are disappointed in Nintendo at that point. Um, so uh, we hope you liked our little bit of a more focused podcast. Uh, we did go off the rails a bit, but it led to some good discussion and still kept us on track for a lot of it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, please, you can follow us all at spiderduck.net and see what we're writing, see what we're doing. Um, but you can also check out uh, some of us on Twitter. You can check out me uh, at Trevor Oz, T-R-E-V-O-R-O-S-Z. Uh, you can check out Jovan at 8-Bit Dragon. Uh, you can check out Mike at GGN underscore Junior Beard. Um, Timmy, unfortunately, doesn't have a Twitter. And you can follow Travis at Fatty Travi on Twitter. Um, so thank you guys so much. Uh, keep listening. Keep checking out what we're doing. We're trying to do a lot of new things. Uh, we're going to do some more live streams. We're going to do some more videos, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and if you guys want to support us, uh, there's a couple things you can do. Uh, we have uh, our Amazon store. Um, if you plan on buying anything on Amazon anyway, um, you can just go to the Amazon store uh, link on the top of the website and you can click that and buy the things you were normally going to buy. You don't have to pay anything extra. We just end up getting a cut of that if you do happen to purchase stuff through our Amazon store. Uh, so Amazon gives us a cut of that and it helps support the website and it, it helps us being able to do new things, do more things, and hopefully maybe one day pay some of these guys to do stuff for the website because uh, that, that would be awesome. Um, but uh, the best thing you can do is just listen to our podcasts, uh, read our articles, uh, comment on those articles. Like if you see something cool, just comment and talk to us about it because uh, we'll all engage in a conversation with you. So uh, thank you so much for listening and good night.